What a fucking weekend. I'm telling you. Oh, boys and girls, it was a week. It was a week. And we welcome those of you coming in following a drunken Chiefs-Bills game. What up, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to another Sunday evening here with the Pucknologist, your unfiltered, unedited, uncensored, and commercial-free Sharks podcast here on Teal Town, USA. We got three games for you this week. Sharks going one and two. We're going to get into those, plus Meyer making a little bit of history. Oh, the benefits of playing in a bad, bad division. This one-line team. Oofa. An updated NHL schedule and more. But first, you know the drill, everybody. Hook us up with those subscribes and follows on the social media, won't you please? If you'd like to support the content we deliver, you can throw a little something in that tip jar that we got working on Venmo. Find us there at Teal Town USA. But hey, we're not a, we're not a uh, shall we say... We don't hate the Super Chat option, so if you'd like to use that during the live shows, feel free. We thank you for that support. And remember, if you're not watching live on YouTube, make sure to add your take to the comments section below of this video. So here we go, week 14 in the books. Uh, started off great, jerk. Started off fan-fucking-tastic. Yeah, you know, I... I... I thought early on, you know, Jimmy G wasn't really getting a lot of help, but, uh, you Whoa. know, that rush by, oh, wait, the Sharks? <laughs> oh, I thought we were talking about the other team. Anyway, uh, yeah, um, it was kind of, we saw everything this week. You know, the as they say, the highest of highs, the lowest of lows, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. So. Okay, so let's catch up on everything. Through 42 games this season, Sharks are now 21-19-2. That's good for 44 points, people. A year ago, mm-hmm. or I should say not a year ago, last time, or last <laughs> season. At, at One truncated point. COVID season ago. <laughs> the Sharks were, had 42 points, so they're two points better than last season. That, in, in Jerk's book, still better. Yep. And we've been over this, too. Better with, uh, you, you know. <laughs> you know what else we've been over? The fact that we will not tolerate any slandering of Rudy Balsers. Uh, do, I, I feel like that, we've been on that for a really long time. That poor guy. You know what I mean? Comes uh, back from the comes back from the injury. Two goals in two games. How you doing? Boom. COVID positive. Like hmm. you just feel and you know, people like uh, I just he seems to me, Rudolph's Balsers, like the prime candidate to like the prime candidate to shoulder way more blame and like just crap than he probably deserves. Yeah. You know? Oh, I, I, I would agree, but we, we have not slandered Balser's name in this house for a very, very long time. Uh, but with those 44 points that the sharks have, they somehow remain fourth in the Pacific, which we're going to get into in a hot minute. And second in the wild card, but remember, it's about points percentage. There are a lot of games in hand, which the vast majority of will be made up during next month. Let's let's see where everything shakes out at the end of February. You know what I mean? 
Sure. <laughs> Len, we can. So with that, it's all about points percentage. And right now the Sharks are sixth in the division and sixth in the Western Conference. Um, I'm going okay. to. I, okay. I, I'm just going to say <clears throat> I think uh, I don't think there's, the Sharks have a hope in hell of getting into a wild card spot. I think they're. The, the path of least resistance is to try to make the top three in their division. And because of how putrid it is, they potentially have a shot. Um, four, five, and one in their last ten. One, three, and one in their last five. And with those critical divisional games coming up next month, right now the Sharks are 500. They're three and three. So games this week, what, it was L.A., it was Seattle, it was Tampa. Uh, Predictions-wise, I went one and three. Which is not horrible. It, it, <laughs> I How went, dare you go thirteen weeks in a row of really good prediction <laughs> well, and then mess up this week? No, yeah, but see, here's the thing, though. It was I went one and three. I totally admit, but I had them losing to L.A. and beating Seattle. So I, you know, I I fucked up. I inverted those. I should have clearly should have done the, you know it back in September when I did this, but. Over the course of the season, had them at 22 and 20 at 44 points. And where are they? To, oh, 44 points. Hmm. Interesting. So what do we take from the week? Uh, we got the Sharks winning a rare matinee game. Maybe it was because it was a holiday. That's why they won the matinee. I don't know. But look, Timo made history. Five goals. Great start to a week of Sharks hockey that gave us hope, Jerk. Yeah, especially playing against the Los Angeles Kings, who is, that is the team the Sharks are trying to, I mean, obviously they're trying to be better than every team in the division, but the Kings specifically, you know, they're the team that they're right there with, and to win this game in regulation, I mean, it's huge, as you've been saying, it's huge. It's huge. And I, obviously, you look at this five goals, or six, six, um, you know, a, a six to two victory, five of those goals being from the same player, yeah, it has outlier written all over it, but at the same time, winning the games you need to win, like it gives you that positive, positive feeling, right? And also worth mentioning, six goals the Sharks had. Yes, Timo Meyer had five, but Rudolph Spalsers had this had uh, the sixth, not the sixth goal, but you know, mm-hmm. one of the non-Timo five. Uh, two, <laughs> as as we as we talked about, you know, uh, goal in two games in a row for him. So I just, yeah, the Sharks looked brutal in this game at various stretches but you know what they won against the team they needed to beat and i you know i still think it's something that they need to continue to remind themselves like you know when we do the right things we can beat the right teams well even bugner after this one and 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 if if memory serves i think even carlson maybe couture i'm trying to remember that it was what just six days ago feels like it was six weeks ago but even they were saying like yeah it's great for Timo you know and it's that's a fun game to be a part of but overall you look at the tape we did not play well and and that seemed to be an ongoing theme throughout this week (laughs) so uh let's get into some video so let me see we got hurdle on Meyer here uh, I think he's just working, you know, I think he worked really hard, uh, you know, on his game, I think, especially like, you know, the games before he was like always like up and down, you know, he was like 
skating he was on the park one night and otherwise he was like kind of nowhere so and uh, this year he's just come and he's there for us every night you know and that's what you know the best player in NHL doing you know if you want to be best and and help the team win you have to be there mostly nice you know can be you know one night off and one night on you know and I think he 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 get through it you know and this year he's there mostly nights and helping us win, win a lot of games this year so there you go that's Hurdle with a little bit of honesty right there, kind of saying, hey, Meyer took some games off from time to time before this year. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm, you know, let's see if I can compliment him yet throw him under the bus at the same time. (laughs) I want, you know, all the, any, I I don't even want to necessarily stir it up, you know, but this is more something that just came, came to my mind. Stir it up. You, you, you recall, you know, when all the Kane drama was first unfolding over the summer, one of the things that was reported was that, you know, it, it Timo Meyer was ostensibly Evander Kane's last ally on the team. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, that's dude. I didn't think about that. That's a great. And again, I I don't want to insinuate that Meyer wasn't playing up to where he should have been because of Kane, but the timing is a bit curious. I would say, dude. Uh, shall we say um, astute observation? I've been known to have him from time to time. And while we're also talking about Timo Meyer, still number two in the NHL in even strength points, I've heard that's good. I've heard. Uh, let's get to Meyer on, uh, let's see, the uh, <laughs> creating those chances. Yeah, we, we didn't cr- really create much in the offense. We were you know, spending most of the time defending, to be honest. And just uh, our chances were going in. We're in the past game. Uh, past games, we were creating a lot of chance, just couldn't find the back of the net. So today was kind of a little bit the opposite. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's nice to see them go in. But I think, you know, other guys have created a lot of chance in the past games. We just couldn't get that extra bounce. And, uh, you know, today we're driving a net and doing the right things to score goals. So clearly you thought that, you know, we, we've been creating. And I, I'm not saying that that goes out directly to Dolan and Gregor. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, yeah, we're creating chances. It's just getting them to go. And then for some reason that day, I mean, five goals on six shots. Yeah, everything's going in. Keep shooting, brother. But, boy, love to see some of that luck rub off on, uh, you know, old number 73 over there. A um, couple of the, uh, at least one of my favorite parts of the, the post game was when he was asked, did you ever think a game like this was possible? Did you ever think a game like this was possible? You'd have a game like this in the NHL? No. <laughs> That's it. No. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate the honesty. Because you because you know if he had been like, oh, yeah, I know I'm good. I knew I had this coming eventually. Then everybody's going to be like, oh, my God, have some class and humility. Yes, but I think, you know, I think he could have, uh, I, I would, you know, I wasn't expecting Curtis to go, would you like to expand on that? But right. I, I would have, like, I think he's just kind of like, well, you know, it's obviously something you hope for. And if it happens, it's great. You know, not just the monosyllabic. No, but it, it's fine. You, you it's the what? humility, but, like you're saying. But you know what, though? You know, obviously this Timo Meyer interview and then obviously all the drama with Leon Dreisaitl as well, like. People need to remember, like, yes, the the players on some level have an obligation 
to speak to the media. But if mm. in Timo Meyer's mind saying no, if to him that's a good enough answer, then it's a good enough answer, and you just need to get over it. Yeah, you'll notice that Curtis didn't like push. <laughs> there yeah. was none of this. Why are you being so pissy? But we'll we'll get to that later. Uh, but what what did kind of uh, fall by the wayside was the fact that in this game, Eric Carlson scored his 500th assist. And That's, who said this was going to happen? Uh, that would be you, sir. Send those I apologies said... at hockey underscore. <laughs> yeah, I should have. I should have taken you up on the uh, another bet. on the on the second five dollar bet. But you know what? Um, yeah, because at this point, you'd probably break even. I don't know. Oh. I mean, they're st- they're only one and two. We we need to remind the fans, three and five. That's my. That's what we're aiming that, for. That's that break point. Three uh, and five. That's what. That's. That's where we want to be. <laughs> so the media was very <laughs> hyper-focused on uh, Meyer's accomplishment, as as you could expect, but no one decided to ask him about it. So I was like, hey, pretend media over here. I'll, I'll ask. Uh, obviously, Timo had a game, but you recorded your 500th NHL assist today. Uh, what can you tell us about that and how fast you were able to get there? Not much. Uh, you know, those are things that uh, when I – decide to hang them up I'll, I'll look back at it but right now it's uh you know just another day in paradise now i you, will <laughs> say that i'm offended that he didn't comment on how good my lawn looks i was gonna say you're asking that question and i really wanted to be like ah oh, this fucking guy yeah. <laughs> nothing to say this week aj nothing to say oh i got things to say motherfucker yeah he looked like he looked like he was gonna come through that laptop <laughs> just joke you yeah, not uh, not his happiest day. You know what's oh. funny too is is you know I like to act like you know you and Carlson have this whole beef feud. <laughs> he has no idea who we are. Oh, not a clue, <laughs> not a clue. He's a podcast. What the fuck are those? Who cares? Yeah, a- oh. yeah, AJ. Who I don't remember him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's an AJ? Who cares? Yeah. Oh, but I will say the best part of the Timo game, of course, Randy Hans got jokes, people. Bonino back across to the other side for Meyer. Timo, he's been quiet lately. Hasn't scored in about four or five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I caught that. That gave me a chuckle. Oh, dude. Can we just side note for a second here? Like, Brett Hedekin got that Rona. So he's missed, like, the last, I want to say, last count. I think was last night his fifth straight game, I want to say. He, it was... Um... No fourth. Okay. Uh, Either fourth or fourth or fifth. But well, he. I mean, Hetty's. He. Well, you. You told me Hetty was on the broadcast yesterday. Yeah, last night. That last night they were doing the triple cast, which, uh, you know, I, I. I know that you personally are not a fan of the triple cast, and normally I'm not either. But I think cert like, I think Brett Hedekin is good. I think he's good in like the. I think he's good when he's used behind the glass. I was going to say, they don't call it this, but like the rinkside reporter or, Mm -hmm. you know, the the ice level guy, I think he's really good because he's, you know, like as somebody who's obviously played in the NHL, you know, he sees the game differently from that level versus being up in the the rafters. Yeah. And can give his take from that point of view of former players, someone who sees it at that level. I'm totally fine with that. But... That being said, I mean, R- Remenda is, I mean, 
slid right back in. The, the, and I don't know if it's just me noticing it or if anybody else has, but I've noticed these last four games, Han and Remenda, I'm hearing a lot less of the Yoda talk from Han. You know, got the shot off, Carlson did. You know, a lot less of the of the Yoda speak. Um, just, I don't. Han seems so much more relaxed and having fun when he's just not that. Not to say that he's not having fun with Hetty, but there's just a chemistry that he has with Remenda. The you know, I, I just it's a little more fun that he's having. I mean, he's a do we <laughs> did we uh, quickly forget the pregame for Seattle where he's like the last two years sucked. Right. And I, I it, it's very curious to me. Obviously, you know, this season, Remenda has he stepped in when Hedekin's unavailable. You know, he's sick or prior engagements or whatever's going on. Right. So the fact that they went to the to the the three person broadcast last night um, I th- is you is think that that's a, a sign that like Remenda might remain on the TV side? Well, so that's what I was going to say is, OK, I like does you know, is it Saturday? So they're bringing out all the big guns. Is it playing the cup champs? Right. You know, are they bringing out the big guns because it's a Saturday? Is it a situation where it's like, oh, you know, we think we like that more. So we're going to secretly, but in front of your face, transition <laughs> the other way. Or maybe it is. A, is it a situation where, you know, Hedekin felt like, you know, Maybe he wasn't totally 100% ready to come back, so you needed a little a little bit of an extra boost. You know, didn't have to talk as much. Perhaps. I, I, I just hope it's a sign of things to come. You know, put put people in the position that they succeed in the most. And sure. for me, that's where it is. But uh, look, <clears throat> the L.A. game, we're, we're all having a good time. You know, Meyer makes franchise history. Um it's you, all the rooster tricks popped out, and then once he hit five, it's okay. What what comes after rooster? Uh, again, Carlson five hundredth NHL assist. Hurdle had four assists in this goal, as uh, Jerk mentioned. Carlson had three, um, four in my book because I'm counting the assist to Kopitar's goal, but that's just on me. Uh, the Sharks did score two of three on the power play, which was like, whoa, where did this come from? Not too shabby. Vlasic got 19 minutes of time on ice, which to me says, oh, the Sharks must be up by five goals. <laughs> uh, you know, the concerning stat, no, of course. No, 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 AJ. Situations determine the personnel. <laughs> dictate, dictate, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the concerning stat, of course, is the Sharks were outshot 41 to 17 in this. Yeah, that's brutal. That's letting in a lot of stuff. Uh, we've been tracking ticket sales. You know this. Uh, for this one, ten thousand seven hundred people had tickets for this one. Again, that's tickets sold, and that's tickets used. And as pointed out by uh, Casey Massasek, am I saying that correctly? Yes, Massasek. Massasek, uh, as pointed out uh, by him, years from now there will be more than ten thousand people that say they were at that game. Dude, I was there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm pissed, dude. Because I was at a big football party the day before, you know, Niners, Cowboys, and uh, I'm talking to my to my boy Brett, and I'm going, dude, we should so go to the L.A. game tomorrow. Like, it, it was, it was. To, if you've ever seen the movie Friday, both of us were mm-hmm. like, you ain't got shit to do tomorrow. Like, let's, you know, and I forget something. 
popped up for him. He's like, well, I could kind of go do this. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? I, you know, I could use this time to work on some stuff around the house or, but you know, or it's like, eh, I'm still going to give the game the side eye or whatever. But Timo gets a hat trick in the first period. All of a sudden I'm laser focused on that. Not even paying attention to like, I think my wife said something at one point and I'm like, what? I'm busy. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, I was, uh, you know, I, I, I was still recovering from my, I don't want surgery sounds a bit excessive. I was still <laughs> recovering from my procedure from last week. <laughs> And uh, got some new titties, did you? <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, you know, so I was so I didn't go to work on Monday. And so I was, you know, nor normally when I'm watching the game, you know, I watch if I'm if I'm feeling like kind of froggy, I'll watch on my couch on the TV. But for the most part, I'm on my computer with the game on. Same as you giving mm-hmm. the game the horse eye doing something else. But no, I you know, I was still recovering from my procedure. So I'm in bed just kind of chilling, watching. And then, yeah, Meyer got the hat trick in the first. I'm like, shit. I, I gotta get up. I gotta go tweet about this. So I like sat, on, I sat on my computer. You know, I was sitting on my computer. Like people you know, must be aware of my thoughts. <laughs> you know, I was sitting on the. Com- you know, sitting on my computer, like slowly, like you know, nursing a thing of ramen noodles, watching this game. And well, you're back to you solid know. food now. Yeah. Do, hey, now. So yeah, back to solid food. Um, <laughs> chewing is still something. Chewing some things is still a bit tough, but yeah, back to solid food. Had a nice burger from Red Robin tonight. Shout out to Red Robin. Right. And yeah, we're in there. So we move on to Seattle now. Remember the Sharks game? It was Reimer gets the start. You got Barabanov was still out, and that was the first meeting of the season against LA, who came in on a four-game win streak. Evidently, the Sharks broke LA after that because they then lost three straight. But anywho, uh, we move on to Sharks at Seattle. Hill gets a start. Bugner straight up saying, "Yeah, we're giving him this start because we didn't want him to be sitting on his ass for like a week and a half." <laughs> it's kind of like okay, I know Ouch. where you're going. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like because Reimer will start against Tampa, and like, and oh well, as luck would have it, they would both play in that game. But second meeting of the season versus Seattle, they lost three to one in December. Oh, and they lose in Seattle. The Kraken going into that were one eight and one in the previous ten games. The last regulation win coming against you guessed it, San Jose. Uh, the other thing that did not roll well for the Sharks is that Balsers went on to the COVID protocol, but they did get Barabanov back. So, uh, half of 12, six, a dozen, or what is it? Half of 12, a do- half a dozen, half, the other. six in one hand, half dozen in the other. Yeah. Whatever it is. <laughs> who cares? <laughs> okay. There's, there's only one person who can be quippy on this podcast and it's me. So there you go. Oh, you see, you had to go. Only one person can quippy, and it's not you, AJ. Yeah. <laughs> Stay in uh, your lane, buddy. Yeah. So to start off the Seattle game, this we we go back to uh, Randy feeling, I guess, a little Randy after what happened with the Timo game and talking about the Sharks having fun again. My headline right now would be Sharks hockey is fun again. Uh, and I don't just mean about Monday or the natural hat trick by Hurdle against Philly or even Logan Couture's overtime winner against Detroit a couple of games ago. The last two years sucked for the fans, for the players, for us, uh, along with COVID and playing in empty arenas and not a good team vibe both in the dressing room and not good enough play out on the ice. But things are fun again, and you can see it in the eyes and the faces of the players. Uh, The captain is happy 
happy to lead this group and everybody's pulling on the same rope. And it's fun to be at these games and watch these games again. At least it was until Tampa came into town. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I wonder I wonder what was going through Curtis Brown's mind when Randy said that. Uh, oh, that the last two years sucked? Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, well, hey, you know. I don't uh, want to talk was, about there, that. There was, there was a there couple was good moments. people on both sides. Yeah, they were good. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, yikes. Oh. So, uh, Seattle, uh, 40 seconds in, Barabanov hits hurdle, and you're going, all right. The Sharks got this, you know, because one of the biggest things for the Sharks this season is the fact that when they score first, it's good. And mm-hmm. usually. And you got the Kraken fans are even booing their own power play. Like, talk about a short honeymoon. Woo. Like, did Seattle fans expect to have another VGK? Or is it that, like, Seattle fans are like, yeah, no, we know hockey. And this power play sucked. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, Susie had a hell of a game in this one. Um, but Sharks lose three to two. The storyline for me in this one is that Sharks power play. Brutal. Dude, especially in the third period, man. I mean, they were, the Seattle was trying to give you this game on a platter with a parade to the penalty box. You Mm -hmm. go one for six on the power play after going two for three versus LA, a much better team, you know? I mean, it's... You know, five versus five. Uh, okay, the penalty kill is good. I don't even think we need to talk about the penalty kill. Five versus five, it, it's 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 up and it's down, but whatever. Bob makes adjustments as he need to. The power play. Bob is a guy where if something's not working, he'll stop doing it. Or if something is working, he'll keep doing it. Why is the power play the exception to the rule? <laughs> Obviously, he's got the right... Make no mistake. He's got the right personnel on on the power play for the most part, but like Benino, five goals on the year, no goals in forever. Same with Noah Gregor, same with Jonathan Dolan. These guys have not scored in a minute. And now are there no better options? Probably. But at at what point do you just say, you know what? Like the O line has been really good for us. Why don't we give them a twirl on the power play and see what happens? At the very least, your chances of giving up a shorty go down dramatically. <laughs> and all I'm saying, before he got injured back in, I believe it was November, or the end of November, beginning of December, Rudolph's Balsers, for some reason, was not getting power play time. Yeah, I hope sense. when he comes back, and by everything we know about the COVID protocols, my guesstimation is that Balsers is going to be back for the Sharks game uh, on Wednesday against the Capitals. I'm really wanting Balsers to be on the power play in this game. It sounded like he would return for that game. Like he should be able to test out by then. I mean, if it's only this. I mean, yeah, he's he tested positive on the twentieth. You know, so yeah. And if it's only this five day window, blah blah blah. But I mean, maybe this is a case of the Sharks were like looking past Seattle a little bit because of the upcoming five games that they have through the you know southern <laughs> southeast gauntlet that there is. But I just don't get that power play just one for six in the third just trying to hand it to you and then uh finally uh you know it would be nice as well to get some offense from some of these offensive defensemen they talk about not scoring in a hot minute it's been over a month since eric carlson's had a goal you know i i give here's the thing i give carlson especially right now i'm giving him the benefit of the doubt only because 
you know, he is obviously banged up a little bit. But as we've talked about many times, not just with Carlson, but with guys in general, if you're not good, that's fine. Just don't force it, you know? <laughs> if you're and, not good, don't be bad. <laughs> right. But that's what I'm saying is like, if you're not, like, if you're not 100%, like, don't force yourself because it's just going to make it worse. And so obviously Carlson, he's not all there. He's a bit banged up. And so I tend to give him the benefit of the doubt. But Burns, dude, Burns was dynamite. You know, that game against the Flyers, the game against the Red Wings. And, you know, I thought he had some looks in that game against Pittsburgh as well. But, dude, he was brutal against Seattle. And it's, it's yep. you know. Burns has been a fucking yo-yo this year. And we're, that's what I'm saying. It's starting to trend where it's like, you know, for the longest time, you know, it was like 75% good and 25% bad. And, you know, we're starting to tr- trend. 60-40. <laughs> the other way. Yeah, it's like 60-40. <laughs> and then, you know, who knows where it's going to go from there. But and I, and I was talking about this with a friend of mine. And, ugh, dude, we've been talking about this for years. So I don't even know if this is, like, realistic at this point. But if the Sharks miss the playoffs this year and you're already committed to Eric Carlson, how are you not thinking about a Brent Burns trade for some help at forward, you know? <sighs> like, I know that I know that's kind of a snowball into a completely different conversation, but... Oh, no, we're going to get there, my friend. But I, it, it's just <laughs> something I wondered. And that's not to say that, like, you know, anybody who says, oh, these players suck, trade them for this. That Like, that's a stupid well, way of thinking. Well, but, yeah, remember the, the tweet of the week a couple of weeks ago? Where it was like, why can't we get good players for our garbage? <laughs> yeah. And, but, you know, it's just, you see, obviously, having Burns was good, well, should have been good for this game Carlson missed, but it's like, you've got Carlson, you're committed to. Merkley looks like a guy. If you if you want, and we're going to get into what the difference between a retool, reset, rebuild, re-whatever is, mm-hmm. but if that's the direction you're going, how are you not giving... Carlson and Merkley the keys to the car and maybe doing a what would be a quote-unquote hockey trade a retool trade trade from your position of strength to build up your position of weakness in this case wing you know mm-hmm. and if you say burns to forward I'm logging out of Skype so. <laughs> out of discord <laughs> out of social media <laughs> you know what I mean though like I just think it, it's kind of a microcosm for the whole season but you know like you're stat you're stacking the deck on defense, but then it's like it's clearly not working out the way the Sharks wanted it to. Uh, I couldn't couldn't agree more. Um, that was kind of all over the place, but that's eh, fine. Know. But we're talking about garbage. Speaking of which, can we uh, can anybody replace Peterson permanently? I don't care if it's Raska. I don't care. Gadjevic when he comes out, somebody. No, 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 no. You know Gadjevic. I, you know what? I'm sure he's a nice guy, but the Sharks would be better suited. Sharks need to just throw him on waivers, let Vancouver claim him back, and call it a day. I, I, that's a, I mean, I understand, like, don't get me wrong. I'm not naive. I realize that he is a pretty decent goal scorer at the AHL. The, but the Sharks last don't play I looked, in, yeah, last I looked, the Sharks, Sharks don't, don't play in the, the AHL. Yeah. And, and I'm just like, it, there's two, too many of the same guy, right? Like you have, like I like Raska, and I like VL, and Gadjevich is a guy. They're all the same guy, you know. I I would probably give the edge to Raska because he's only twenty, you know. But I it's just can we can we just get Peterson out of here? Peterson Gadjevich, like that's where I'm starting. It's just <sighs> like you you want like 
And, and I even said it. I believe it was the game. It was the game against the Penguins when they got dummied. You know, set eight to five. I think it was mm-hmm. like, you know, the Sharks icing an AHL bottom six has finally caught up to them, and it still is. <laughs> Peterson, uh, to paraphrase, Peterson is a guy who would shit the bed and then blame the bed. Not even that. It's, it's, it's just, just not like, working out. It's like you know you have. It's like we've talked about before. Like at some point, you know, scoring chances need to become goals, right? You're and right. the problem with the fourth line is like they don't even get scoring chances. Yeah, uh, particularly when Peterson is around, it's it's not a great thing. So we move on to the hellscape that was the Tampa Bay game I, last night. Something just popped in my head, I, and then we can move on. But I I think on a Stanley Cup team, you know, I, Benino is fine as a third center, but I think on a Stanley Cup team. Nieto and Cogliano, they're the wingers on your fourth line, not your third line. Absolutely. Yeah. Could not agree more. So with the Tampa game, ugh, Reimer gets the start. That didn't last for very long. Uh, Sharky's 30th birthday. Happy Poor birthday. guy. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, not exactly his fault, but a couple of those goals, yeah, you probably want those, but the ones that you probably want, it's uh, the, you know that was after the damage had already been done. Those first mm-hmm. two are a little fucking just where the hell is everybody? And Bugner even calling it, you know, men or boys amongst men. Cogliano saying that, you know, we thought we were with them and that proved to be not the case. <laughs> like we're not even close. Right. Which is telling yet distressing. Uh, and the thing that kind of has to be the kick in the boys is that Tampa had gotten embarrassed in Anaheim the night before. Mm-hmm. So you got Tampa on the second of back-to-backs. And and it's not as if back-to-back, oh, my God, like, dude, look at the <laughs> stats. You know, it's like, it's not as if the stats out there say, you know, a team who, that's traveling, playing on the second night of back-to-backs loses 90% of the t- No, that is not the fucking case. <laughs> like, the, these guys... I think they're probably used to it by now. It's happened. This is not the first time that they've ever... Oh, my God. Wait, we're on the road and we have to play two times in two nights? That can't be. Yeah, it's like... That's the that's the thing that makes me laugh, right? Is, oh, there's a back-to-back. You know, they have to play... You know, in Tampa Bay's case, they got to play Anaheim. And then they have to take a 50-minute <laughs> flight on a private jet to yeah. San Jose and play another game. Like... That's literally what they do for a living. It's not. It's not. It. It. it, it, it like. It's not like. You, it's not like you're going. It's not like you're going to. You know. It's not like you're going to a guy who works at the DMV and says, "Hey, can you build this rocket for me?" Like, <laughs> you know. Like, I'm telling you, it, it's part of the job description. Yeah, like, we're used to it. You play hockey. What's What's wrong with playing a little more? Yeah. Uh, Eric- and, and and I think every. Pretty much every NHL player will tell you, and in my limited experience of playing in a in a hockey league, I'll tell you this too. Like, there's something. To, it, there's kind of a weird sort of transition in your like. I don't even in the way you feel physically, but like, it almost seems like guys play better and play with more jump when they're shorthanded and have to play more. I can you know? see that. Yeah. Like I've like I've played in hockey games where it's like, yeah, you know, okay, so you're, you know, you're playing, you know, you're playing 18 minutes a night, and it's like, oh man, you know, like good skate, I got I'm sweating, you know, like yeah, that was tough. But then, 
we're short and it's like, okay, we need you to play 24, 25 minutes a night. And it's like, yeah, I'm buzzing. I can keep going. You mm-hmm. know, there's some kind of weird flip where it's like, it's like the runners, God, the runners high, the second, exactly wind. where you, you have to play more. And it's like, it's almost like it comes around, you know? And it's like, you you have more energy than had you played less in yeah. a weird way. And of course the news we hear before the Tampa Bay game is that Eric Carlson is out yet again. I don't, uh, what's he on his fourth groin at this point? No, not that that's the case. I'm just saying it's, it's something in the upper, and apparently, <sighs> it's, apparently, it's separate from what happened oh, in he, the the game against Detroit. What he, oh, we'll see. I mean, remember, well, I can't remember if it was Seattle or L.A. when he took that when somebody tried to decapitate him. Right. I just, I, I think it kind of shows. Like, I mean, is th- does this not tell you how much Bob is leaning on Carlson? Does this not tell you how? made of glass Carlson is <laughs> I don't think he's made of glass I don't I don't want to say you know that he's made of glass but it's like you know Burns plays some heavy fucking minutes and he hasn't missed a game in like eight years <laughs> I'm just right. saying for sure but I think maybe maybe see Burns's nutritionalist Eric I I don't even but I I just think Carl like they play even like okay yes they're both offensive defensemen but they play different games you know burns is more of kind of like Hold i'm on. gonna did i say nutritionalist I'm, what the fuck is a nutritionalist <laughs> i think i just meant nutritionist but anyway right but like you know where you think about burns it's like burns get to his spot and he sets up shop and he and he sort of commands the room from his spot right versus carlson carlson is going into the corner he's dashing across the blue line he's doing the like they obviously they're both offensive defensemen, but Carlson's game I feel even though Burns is a more physical guy, I feel like Carlson's game is more physically wearing, if that makes sense. Where Carlson is sort of chasing the puck, and Burns is setting up shop and waiting for mm. guys to get him the puck. I feel that. Yeah. So, I mean, nothing re- went right for the Sharks in this one, uh, but I will honestly, say <laughs> honestly. If you told me that this, like, if you said, like, hey, this game never happened, like, it wouldn't change how I feel about the game. <laughs> like, they might as well have not played. Yeah. Well, if the power play goes 0 for 2, and that was just like, yeah, that well, it doesn't matter. Wouldn't have helped. <laughs> Would not help. Now, from somebody who was at the game, I can give you a, a just a quick couple of tidbits from it that I found rather uh, funny. Tampa has a couple stupid fucking fans. There, there was this group of four fans that were uh, set up, had set up shop right behind, um, uh, wh- what side is it where the sharks uh, shoot twice? Or I'm sorry, two, I'm sorry, the other, the opposite. Two, I'm sorry, where Tampa would shoot twice. Oh, so two, that, probably 217, 216. Somewhere, no, 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 like 219, 220, 221. Somewhere over there. Well, either way, okay, here, I'll tell you this. If you're standing at the uh, at, at center ice and you're looking at the bay where the Zamboni comes out, they mm-hmm. were right on the glass just to the left of where the Zamboni comes out. And there was four of them. Gotcha. And at least one, if not all four, were all wearing blue Tampa jerseys. The name on the back said Cooch. With it was K U U U U U U C H. What's the deal with the nickname jerseys? I I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> it was a it was a were g- they were they actual jerseys or were they the China special? 
No, they look like actuals. Uh, but and there was four. I think it was one dude and three girls. Okay. Uh, I I don't know how much he paid those women to escort him there. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but holy crap, he was just. Have you ever seen that douchebag that's behind the glass at Dallas games holding up the bang sign? Mm. He he was like more obnoxious than that. Wow. And he was just fucking just jawing people. Like I'm I was when it was four nothing, I'm like, this guy is gonna get his ass kicked in the parking lot because he wouldn't shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know, and and honestly, like I'm not gonna say it's rightly deserved, but you know, if someone comes up to you and says, Hey, take it down a notch, you're up four nothing, relax. Like we get it. Two time cup winning what your two-time defending cup winners like we get it your team the the team that you root for is good you know the dudes out there with bde like he's on the fucking team you know what i mean well that's like how you always say it's like oh what number do you wear i didn't see you out there yeah but you're the first one talking smack it's like dude take it down a notch so who uh you know i didn't hear of anything in the news about a, a fan getting their shit kicked out of him after the game but uh, yeah, there was no stabbing by the tank or anything yeah but uh either way but let me also follow that up with every fan or every fan every team has fans like this <laughs> for sure every team but and i'll let you in on a little secret and maybe i'm biased because i am a sharks fan but i feel like sharks fans have a lot of them uh, the, yeah, from time to time. I, speaking speaking as somebody who have seen the Sharks play in four buildings that aren't the tank, yeah. I think I'm pretty well versed on other teams' fans. Right now, uh, the other thing that was uh, that I that was rather noteworthy at the game is because it was Sharky's birthday, they mm-hmm. ran uh you know during commercial timeouts and whatnot, they ran a lot of pre-recorded videos of people wishing Sharky a happy birthday. You had uh. Like Raj and uh, I don't know the other people, but the people from NBC Bay Area, like the the, mm-hmm. the anchor and the weather person and whoever, uh, you had uh, Brody and Curtis were, were thrown up there. It wasn't the same. It looked like it was a different video from what they actually aired in the post game or the pregame or whatever. But there was something there. There, you know, just a bunch of different ones. But boy, when they put Sam Licardo, mayor of San Jose, on there, two things. First off unceremoniously and loudly booed which i can complete as you know a resident of san jose for the last 15 years i was like yeah i feel you i feel you big time (laughs) do i feel you but the thing is his like every other video was hey sharky you know you you don't look a day over 20 or whatever you know or i was there when you were born at the cow palace and you're still the same little shit that you were back then you know but these were like 10, 15 seconds. Dude, Licardo rambled for like two fucking minutes. And it was to the point where he sh- he came on the screen. He was loudly booed to the point where people got tired of booing and then it got quiet. And then you heard him say like uh, he like rambled for another te- 10 seconds. And then people just started booing again because they were tired of hearing him. It's like, take it off already. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, the other thing, oh, the Reddit or Facebook or what, social media, there had been a lot of talk over like the last month, month and a half, people saying that, fuck, it is so loud inside the tank. Like the DJ music, the the voiceover from, from Emily and Danny 
is deafening. And I went to the game versus Seattle, and I'm like, sounds about right to me. Like, the music selection could be a little bit better for my taste, but volume-wise, I'm like, it sounds about right. You take it down a hair, but only because it's not uh, a a sold-out barn. You know, if it's packed, all those bodies absorb it, it's going to be fine. But, and that's the that's the thing. The levels are probably set from you know a full building. Yeah, well, uh, they may have made an overcorrection because I'll tell you, I couldn't hear a fucking word Emily was saying last night. Those pre-produced videos that they were playing on the screen couldn't hear a word. It just, it sounded like the the teacher from Charlie Brown. Just wah, 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 wah. I couldn't hear any of it. The music was way low. Like they they're gonna have to dial that in. Um, Anyway, tickets sold for this one, 14,000. I think that's the most tickets sold for a game. I'd have to go back and look. Correct me if I'm wrong, people in the chat, if you have a hot minute or jerk. Uh, Tickets sold, I think you can look at it on Hockey Reference. This might be the second, if not the second most tickets sold for the season, definitely third. Pretty sure opening night exceeded 14,000. But I thought there was one other game that might have been like fifteen thousand. But so, according to the internet, it looks like uh, you know, in terms of top three, opening night for sure. Uh, the game against the Capitals on the twentieth was had high attendance, uh, and then yeah, the game against the Lightning on Saturday would be three in the top three. Yeah, so. so that's what I'm saying. So, uh, and it makes me wonder if we go back and look, November twentieth was there a giveaway that night? You know. Um. Oh yeah. Let's I'd see. S- I'm sure if you like look at at the Sharks Twitter, you know, you go back to November twentieth, they're going to be pumping something. Whether you know was that hockey fights cancer night? You know, where they're that sound. You know what? That sounds right. Yeah. Actually. So I'm thinking, okay, they were giving away jerseys that night. Well, to you know, last night. You know, either way, 14,000 top three. It was, it was hockey fights cancer. Good call. So see, there you go. So proving that giveaways. <laughs> Who knows things? <laughs> proving, yeah, proving that giveaways and maybe playing the two-time Defending Cup champs on a Saturday night can goose the ticket sales a little bit, even when a pretty big football hap- a pretty big football game is happening concurrently. Here's the thing, though. The Sharks, they don't care. Oh, they, they care we, about uh, ticket sales. <laughs> we we sold yes, they care about ticket sales, but what I'm saying is they don't care they don't care about how many tickets they're not selling. They care about the tickets they did sell. Um I would disagree they, with you simply because of the announcement that they made uh yesterday. Okay, sure, but what I'm saying is if they cared about the tickets they didn't sell as much as, you know, some people might think you know, by your logic, there would be a giveaway of a game, right? Or there'd be a reason to show up, right? Oh, There's in not. that regard. Well, yeah. I mean, unless you're a true legitimate fan and you just want to watch your team, then there's no reason for you to show. But as we've talked about before, all year, dude, the people who are, yes, the building seats almost 18,000 and only 10,000 are showing up. But those are the real fans. Those are the people who support the team and they want to be there. Mm-hmm. The people who aren't there, fake fans. And if you're offended by that, uh, there's a there's a button 
um, <laughs> next to next to my Twitter name, it says unfollow. What? I, I on okay. We're gonna get into this in a little bit. I want to cover this because <laughs> there were some changes uh, that were talked about yesterday, and so we're gonna for those who give a shit, we're gonna talk about this whole attendance thing in a minute. Uh, That'll be my snack break. Go ahead. There you go. Let's get into a <laughs> you fucking asshole. <laughs> Let's get into a stock up, stock down. Uh, this is gonna be a quickie. Look, I mean, Balsers. You had the two straight games, and it was like, oh, Rudy's coming back. There's no slander, and then fucking COVID. But you know what, Balsers, you're still in my stock up, buddy. Because when you were here, you were performing. Yeah, I mean, it, he's like. You know, he's out with the COVID, right? So it's kind of, it's not his fault. I'm sorry, right? what do we call that? He got that Rona. Right. Like, it's not, you know. I like it he, more he, when you do that. But. <laughs> his stock isn't down because he got COVID, right? Yeah. Like, you know, two goals in two games. And we talked about it, dude. We said when Balsers comes back, that dam needs to Burst. break. Yeah. And it has. And, and, you know, obviously this is something that crossed my mind too, but with everything going on with the Sharks right now, I'm wondering how many haters are coming around on LeBanc. Like, I know he's had a bad year, but Guy puts up points, and I think the Sharks could use that right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sock s- up, the ghost of LeBanc. <laughs> <laughs> Ramon uh, in the chat. So I live in Salinas, so making the drive for games is only some that I do a couple times a season. Completely agree. Again, That's we're going to we're going to cover that in just uh, a little bit here. So That's stay stay, what, stay with us. What I'm saying is if you live as far away from the tank as AJ does, which is not far at all, and you oh, say dude, 12 minutes door to door and you say, I don't want to go to the game because the Sharks haven't won for me, then go fuck yourself. <laughs> True that. Dude, I, I've been to uh, uh, because of scheduling. Uh, don't don't think that I haven't wanted to, but because of scheduling, uh, I w- I've only been able to make like four games this season. They've lost every one. Maybe you shouldn't go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, The ones that I haven't gone to, though, they haven't won all of those, so it kind of blows that theory out of the water. <laughs> right. It, yeah. But if that was the case, I would stay away. <laughs> I'd move to Timbuktu if that was the case. Uh, <laughs> also stock up, obviously, Timo Meyer makes history five-goal game. Let me, let me ask you a question. Oh, quick. fuck. Man, you're not going to let me get through this quickly. Go ahead. So, you, I, and I'm looking at the notes. You've got Hurdle. You've got Meyer on the stock up as well. Can we say stock up if they're already, like, at the ceiling? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it's staying up. Sure, that's fair. Okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> it's like, I was thinking about, I'm has like, he taken up. his Viagra, his Cialis? Like, it's staying, <laughs> it went up and it's staying up, and so we're just sure. taking note that it's maintained a northern projection. <laughs> that's fair. Okay, all right, I'll give you that. All right. All right. Uh, Calm down. It's okay. <laughs> do to fly off the handle like that. <laughs> Dude, why are you so pissy? Uh, Hurdle, four assists versus L.A. Hurdle's goal versus Seattle was the fifth straight on the road for the Sharks. So Chief keeps coming, which, again, goes to the whole, man, imagine what this team could look like if they had more than one line that could score. Stock down. Can I, really quick, can I interject? Sure. Uh, It's it's not half your podcast, but go ahead. (laughs) 49%. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> I think I think stock up. I think it's worth saying just really quick. Merkley, who? Um, Ryan, <laughs> no, Ryan Merkley, Merkley, absolutely. Because just only because he's, he's staying come around. In, <laughs> he's come in and he's stuck around, and it kind of corroborates what I was saying earlier, where 
the Sharks might be in a in a in a tasty little situation where they can trade Burns for some forward help, give Merkley those minutes. That might be the play. That's something we're going to talk about when we do the postmortem on this team in a couple months. <laughs> um, but I think stock up as well. Uh, Barabanov. I mean, he's only yeah. in the last five games, only two assists, which that's not very sexy at all. But came back from the COVID. And, and even the two games since he's come back from the COVID, he's looked good. He's been with Hurdle and Meyer playing well. He's been with Couture and Noah Gregor. He's playing well. Like, he's a very, I don't know, he's just very versatile. And, like, I, how many guys on this team are we saying, yeah, it's not going in for them. But I feel like in terms of the guys who probably need a goal, you know, Barabanov is at the top of my list for, you know, the guys who are doing the most to get said goal, right? And so I don't feel like Barabanov's gripping the stick so tight, though. You know, like I, I feel like he's still producing. You look at Gregor, and that guy's just like, I'm good. Like he has a look on his face, like every time he takes a shot and it doesn't go in, he's expecting to be like when he gets back to the bench, somebody holding his Barracuda jersey up there, going, "Time to change, dude." If I'm him, if I'm Noah Gregor. Dude, as soon and and maybe you can transition us to stock down since he is on that list. Um, if I'm Noah Gregor, the next time I score a goal, that stick is going in a wood chipper. <laughs> Dude, just give it away already. New stick every game. Just try it. Um, but yeah, stock down, dude. Offensive defenseman. Like, okay, you had Burns with back-to-back games of three assists each. You had uh, Carlson three assists. Uh, how about a goal, guys? Like chipping a goal from time to time, like you you had a few games there where you had some assists. Totally appreciate that, but dude, uh, what Eric Carlson hasn't scored a goal? So because remember, remember y'all, <laughs> no goals since December eleventh versus Dallas. So over a month, and remember at that point we're all talking about we're like, oh my god, this is the Eric Carlson that we've all been waiting for. He's back, everybody. And since then, he, he's, a, he's a dash eight. Vlasic's a fucking dash five. Now, granted, ice time plays a key into that situation, blah, blah, blah. But the fact of the matter is we're all talking about EK's back. He hasn't had a goal in like five weeks. But eight assists in 11 games. That is nice. But it would be cool to get some, uh, get the occasional goal or two when we all know that this is a one-line team. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. So uh, with that, yeah, so my stock down's there. Um, Peterson, you about to lose your job. So, um, but you know what? Same thing as Timo Meyer. Can you go any lower than the bottom? <laughs> <laughs> as I said last week. I don't know. Somehow, Let's can, do you, can you all get uh, the Arizona franchise on the phone? Find out. As, dude, as I said last week, though, somehow providing less than nothing. I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I love this comment from Logan Teal in the chat because it is so on, oh, on brand. That epic. That is epic. I don't want to talk about Tampa scoring seven. I really want to talk about Jacob Magnus scoring a goal. Curtis Brown, probably. <laughs> you, you, shout out to Logan. We're we're gonna we're gonna provide you we're gonna provide you with this for that nice comment. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's not wrong. That is that's 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 the requisite reaction for a for a doozy of a quip like that. <laughs> and Stockdown, look, Dolan and, and Gregor. It's like 
Yeah, dude. It's like both of them got to find the back of the net, man. The Sharks need secondary scoring. They are not getting it. Uh, we need to get back to that point where, yeah, you, you need some guys healthy, obviously. It would be nice to have Balsers back, but, whew, you know, those pairs were working for a while. It was like Barabanov, Hurdle, and whoever you throw up there. And then Dolan and Couture, whoever you throw with him. And now it just seems to be like, okay, wherever, whatever line Meyer's on, the other two are going to do good, and that's our only offense for the day. Thank you. Thank you for yeah, calling. We, check it out. So here's something interesting. One, so for Jonathan Dolan, one goal in his, one goal in his last 22 games, which is Ugh. as brutal, right? And I'm not saying that this is the case. I'm just saying circumstances appear to line up a bit. So one goal in his last 22 games, the first game of that 22 game set, if you will, was the game he got hurt. <laughs> Makes you think. Uh, Does it not? Oh, a little bit, a little bit. So where are we at for a uh, great? Where's it at? Where uh, it at? Stock, what happened was stock really quick stock down for me. I think you covered everybody. You uh, Brent, Bur Brent Burns, just because uh, he should be doing what he did against Philadelphia and Detroit at least every three games. Mm, I would agree. So we've reached the half point, uh, the halfway mark of the season. You know, game 42 last night against Tampa. So grades at the mm -hmm. halfway point. Uh, look, I mean, d t correct me if I'm wrong, but it's just kind of like, you know, Myron Hurdle, A. <laughs> like hurdle is I think what we thought he was going to be at the beginning of the season, perhaps exceeding that uh, mm -hmm. Meyer completely exceeding where most thought he was going to be. I don't, don't, uh, don't, don't disrespect me by lumping me in with the people who didn't expect this. Well, you know what I'm saying now? I'm telling you, like, you know, based know, on just... the previous two seasons, I, you know, I, I had him is right where I had, according to my sheet, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Dolan, I want to say, I don't know, like, I guess C, just because it, like, had a hot start, was looking good, and has tailed off over the last six months. Now, is this a case of, like, the, uh, NHL schedule kind of laying him to waste a little bit? I think he, I, I, I still think he's... Due for a bounce back? I, well, not even, I mean, yeah, I, ultimately, I think he's going to end up, you know, having a good finish to the season. I think he's still trying to work through some situation with the shoulder. Um, but the thing, here's the thing with a guy with Dolan. It's like one goal in the last 22 games. It's like, obviously that's not ideal, but you, you like the only way that he's going to, you know, strike the match, if you will, and get back on track is if you keep him up in the lineup, like putting him on the fourth line is useless. Uh, uh, Barabanov. I think I think both of us. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I, I it, have it would be an A if he had more goals. Yes. Uh, Couture. Uh, from, uh, a. Really? I had him at like B minus. I mean, I think B minus to an A. I think is a bit negligible, but you know, I I I would say if his line mates were scoring more, I think it would be an A because he would probably have more points. But I've liked Couture this year. I same thing. You know, people were weirdly turning on him because of last year and it's like well let's just hold on a second because there's still more to see here i i you know what i'm sticking with it couture a okay uh fight me on twitter <laughs> fanatical tlb i almost sold my timo merch not even kidding what a turnaround 
I, I'm gonna say coward. No, what was it? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> no, what was it? Uh, remember, I had a stealth Adidas Indo Timo jersey. I still have mine. See, well, I had mine. I got it signed in like I want to say five, six months ago. I think this happened before the season even started. That I actually sold it, but it, okay, it was because first off, it's it's uh, I've become because of my time spent with hockey jerk and, and puck guy, I've become a bit of a, a, a jersey snob. Sure. And so it's like, uh, you know, if it's not made in Canada, it ain't, you know, if it ain't pro stock, it ain't shit. I don't want it in mm-hmm. my collection. For those That's of you fair. who like Indoa jerseys and Fanatics jerseys, hey, rock your world. But for me, I don't want that shit in my closet. Uh, so I was like, and somebody gave me a very nice offer on it. So I was like, yeah, I, I will, I will make that happen. And now I got to tell you, after those five goals, I was like, hmm. <laughs> 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 but I'm like, well, hey. Can always make more. Uh, Cogliano and Bonino. Um, for I, I, I don't know. C minus. I give Cogliano a. I give Cogliano a B. I okay, think... so we're not okay. Fuck the pluses and minuses. We're just going straight letters. I've. I yes, I appreciate that. So for I me, because I, I think with... I might go Cogliano B, Bonino C. Yeah, I would do that. I think with Bonino, Bonino, you want more goals, right? And I think, yeah. but even then, dude, you know, the more I'm thinking about it, actually, I, and hot take, I, I want to give Cogliano an A because guy kills penalties. He's not getting victimized really at all defensively. And I, I mean, like, dash, I like what he brings to the room and the honesty on the calls that, that too is obviously a factor. Yes, he is dash eight, but you know what? That's a product of the sharks not being a great team in certain elements, but Here's the thing about Cogliano. So, fourth line guy, yes. You and he's making a million bucks. Not, not, not playing fourth line right now. Should be fourth line. Yeah, oh, the, dude, for me the entire oh line should be fourth line. I still think Benino is a third center, but he needs better wingers. Anyway, mm. a guy like Andrew Fair Cogliano, point. put Benino like out Cogli- there with LeBanc and uh, Balsers or Gregor. Yeah, true. Go ahead. I think for Cogliano, the type of in again in a Stanley Cup team which some will argue whether or not the Sharks are, but let's just say, you know, he's making a million bucks. He's for, should be, again, should be on your fourth line. I think a player like that, one goal per month is more than fair. Absolutely. And this is the fourth month of the season, and he's got three goals. So you'd like to see a goal here before the end of January. But for me, Cogliano is right where I expected him to be. All right. Uh, Nieto, I mean, uh, C Cog- C Cogliano. Oh, all right. I mean, maybe not an A because he's dash fifteen, but yeah, probably B. Uh, VL, I give him a. You know what? I, I'm kind of bopping between A and B. Like, yeah, I see, I, but this is. I, I like what he's brought. It's the whole thing. It's like, are you doing what we expect of you? And for mm-hmm. me, for VL, I think he is. I think he's reaching that bar most nights. That's probably fair. Yeah, I I would say C B somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, Weatherby, uh, ten games into the season, I would have said A. Now C, somewhere between C and D for me. Yeah, but ten games in, I was like A, mm-hmm. <laughs> A. Uh, what? See, Raska for me, that's an incomplete. Um, yep. In fact, I don't even TBD. know. 
Yeah, and in fact, I don't even know that there's really any more forwards to even discuss at this point. It's like I think w- Peterson and Gadjevich F. Oh yes, absolutely. Like, and I would but I don't Le- think I don't think it's worth bringing up like Nick Merkley. I don't, th- you know. Yeah, incompletes. What about LeBanc? Who? Because I mean, <laughs> like rough. You but know, even before rough. then, no. For me, it's it's you know D F. Mm-hmm. You know. Now let me also put a little stank on that where when I say that it goes back to something jerk was saying earlier. It's like, well, where, who's he playing with? He, he's not being right. given the most talent. That's the thing. Le, and we talked about this before. Lank, Lank, Jesus, LeBank, <laughs> LeBank need, you know, LeBank is a guy. He's, he doesn't go to get the puck. People need to get the puck for him. So some so players do one, thinking, some players like, do the other. That's dude, fine. LeBank with Barabanov and Couture could be interesting. Yeah, or even Balsers. Balsers is a guy who works hard, yeah. you know, in that in that respect. I, you know, some guys get the puck, some guys receive the puck. LeBanc is a receiver, and he's not playing with any givers. Do we talk getters. about? Do we talk about Balsers? Uh, I don't know. B. B. Like when he's I, I been in, I think he's been good. Yeah, B. But he's also kind of suffered from the jam job a little bit. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, defense Ferraro A. A. I mean, leads and block shots, just fucking positive, super positive, keeps the team together. Glue guy, future captain. Only only minus one. Yeah. Uh, Burns. C minus. Well, oh, well, shit. No, All of a sudden, you're C throwing minus. in the pluses and the minuses. Be Only because I think the reason is a bit kind of ticky-tacky. The points are there, but... And you know what? Minus one, so who am I to say? But, like, I just... Defensively, I kind of feel like it's gone the other way again. So you're giving him a, a C? Yeah, probably a C. Yeah, maybe you can. If I'd you, say B or C. You get you get you get a couple drinks into me. Maybe I can give him a B minus. All right. Uh, Vlasic F. D. Oh, okay. Uh, Shimmick F. D plus. <laughs> uh, Middleton A. A. Absolutely. Uh, Carlson, I'd say... B+. plus. See, I was leaning towards A. Just, okay. Just sure. be, simply because, again, I'm kind of like looking what had happened the previous two seasons. What had happened was... What had happened was... So if you look at what he'd done the previous two seasons, like you take out the stretches where he's been injured, there's mm-hmm. been a couple games where clearly, uh, Seattle included, where clearly <clears throat> Chief is not 100%. Now... You know who has those games, though? Everybody. Everybody. But the thing is, is that sometimes it seems to be when, you know, it's like Carlson is either 100% and and if he's not 100%, it's 50%. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, okay, I, I'd give Carlson a B uh, simply based on that. Um, Magna, for me, A, because, like, Who's this guy? But he's been able to step in, play solid minutes in Middleton's absence. Mm-hmm. That's fair. What, what you got him at an A two or or I, incomplete I mean, for you? He's kind of teetering. He's played he's played well when he's come in, but aside from the COVID stretch and then this current stretch, it's been two kind of pockets, if you will. Like you can't really grade him over the entire season. Fair. Uh, Ryan Merkley, incomplete or? Uh, based on the games played, yeah, incomplete. But based on what he's done in that small period of time, I would say an A. 
All right. And then I, I don't think that we need to go beyond that. You know, Malosh or Blickfeld or anybody, you know, barely seen any of them. Uh, <sighs> goalies. <laughs> I don't know. For me, Hill. C plus. See, I was thinking C minus. Uh, Reimer. B plus. See, I was thinking B minus. Well, we're in the same area. Sure. At the very least, we have them both valued the same when compared against each other. <laughs> <laughs> right. So there we go with the grades. Um, and then special teams, you know, look, power play is a, a D minus F and power or penalty kill is A. Mm-hmm. So, yep. so uh, look quickly. On, oh, any changes in the uh, module this week? Probably, module. Did, I mean, did did, did Meyer rocket to the top if he wasn't already there? So Meyer and Hurdle, they are tied in terms of actual goals. Hurdle with the slight advantage in the module score just because he has 11 of his 21 are high value versus Meyer, 9 of his 21 are high value. Um, but your top three is still the same, Hurdle, Meyer, Couture. Um, other than that, nothing has really changed. You know, Carlson and Dolan still round out the top five. Benino still in the same spot. Barabanov, Balsers, um, you know, he had two goals uh, here, uh, you know, this past week. One of them being a mid-value goal. One of them being a uh, – actually, his first goal was the previous week. So we're not quite – we're not going to use that. But – Mid-value goal builds on what he did last week. So Balsers did actually move up the rankings a little bit. He is now three, four, five, six, seven, eighth on the module. He did pass Burns uh, with his goal against the LA Kings. So we'll see. Um, you know, I think this is gonna, you know, Balsers. He had the injury. He had the COVID. I, I think this is gonna be the Balsers' redemption season, or half season, or comeback season, whatever you want to call it. Um, with any luck. I think you know. I'm willing to. If you want to put another fiver on it, we can talk about it. <laughs> I think, you know, because I think Hurdle, Meyer, Couture, that's going to stay your top three. Carlson, Dolan, we'll see. But Benino at six, I think Benino at six, he's got a target on his back, and it's his name is Balsers. Uh, I, I, I would agree. I would give it, I'm going to say, bold prediction right here for you. Write this down on your little piece of paper. The Sharks have one, two, what is it, three, four games before the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. Put it on your prediction sheet. Balsers is going to get to sixth in the module after those four games. All right. Which means he will need uh, four more module points. That could easily be two goals. I feel you. You know, yeah, depending two, on when they winners. go in. Yeah. A game winner and an empty netter, and we're in there. Ugh. Well, let's finish out these stats then. Uh, power play right now, 17%, 22nd in the league. Not right. great. Uh, penalty kill ninth at eighty three percent. So that's Love it. That, yeah, that's decent. Both those uh, numbers together, right at a hundred percent. That's where you need to be or above if you want to tr try to be in the playoffs. And the boy, they're barely there. So we'll see what happens. I mean, the PK over the last five nine of ten. You know, ninety percent, not too shabby. Sharks remain 10th in the league where they've been seemingly in the entire year on face-off percentage. But things get a little squirrely with Hill and Reimer. Goals against for Hill, his stat line is 2.78. Save percentage, 901. Better than Martin Jones last year. 
but not better than Martin Jones currently, who's at a 902. Doesn't matter, he's not on the team. <laughs> yeah, I know, I feel you. Oh, boy. Reimer is at a 914 with a 2.83 goals against. Uh, and Reimer has a better record. 12-8-1, Hill 9-11-1. Pretty solid save percentage, too. 914, absolutely. And remember, this that has last night's drubbing. <laughs> you know, like what did what did Reimer finish with? Something in the six hundreds? Like how did he get out of there? Like at six eighty three or something? Yeah, last last night Reimer's save percentage was six ninety two. Oof. Uh, so and still you factored that in. He's, Chief still has a nine fourteen. Imagine like, you know, when they were Which last you know, I looked is like twenty better than Jones did the, the previous three years. Well, and I was going to say, like, you know, you remember remember when Bob was flipping between the goalie, you know, alternating goalies as opposed to doing the hot hand? Like, I wonder what Reimer, what Reimer's record would look like and what the Sharks' record would look like is if he ran with Reimer more while Hill was struggling. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. Oh, God, that would have been nice. So, uh, you know, it's we're already running way long, and there's so much more to get to. Uh, <laughs> coming up this week... Uh, the next time we talk to you again next Sunday, we're going to be catching you. Oh, shit. Hold on. Next Sunday, three. Yes. Okay. The Niners game will be over by then. Okay. We're good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> next Sunday, we're going to be catching you up on three games as the Sharks face the Capitals in Washington on Wednesday, who are in a bit of a lull. They're, only... they're, they're my pick for the Sharks' second win in our wager. This is true. And only three, four, and two in January. However,. Capitals are the only team besides the Rangers and the Canadiens. Of course, the Rangers doing it twice, but Caps are a part of that group of teams to shut out the Sharks this season. Mm-hmm. We shall see what happens. Uh, I should also ask you before we move on, are you giving uh, Canucks the side eye right now? Uh, well, <laughs> uh, this is a teaser for everybody to stick around, but uh, <laughs> you know, after the podcast is over, we might have a little stream party in the Discord. Hey now! One to one, second period just started. Oh, uh, and dude, fanatical teal bleeder making a decent point too. The Sharks are robbing Reimer of the Vesna this year, dude, because he was looking so good for a while there. But anyway, uh, the Sharks then after Washington will head to South Florida to face Joe Thornton and the NHL's oh top Eastern Conference team. Yeah, I'm not going to watch that game. <laughs> Florida Panthers, who are 8-1-1 one, and one in their last 10. They are a buzzsaw. Uh, that is if Thornton plays. We'll see if he does, because it seems like uh, he's been playing only like every other game or so. Florida only has three losses at home this season. Uh, fun fact, though, this is going to be the first time the Sharks are playing against a team with Jumbo on their roster since November 6th, 2003. So, dude, that's a long time ago. And that game, of course, against the Bruins in Boston, Jumbo had two assists in that game. Meanwhile, his cousin, Scott Thornton, playing for the San Jose Sharks, had two goals And what would end in a 5-5 tie. Uh, currently, the Panthers are playing Seattle. Do you get the side eye on that? Yes, I do. It's currently 4-3 crack and 12 minutes to go in the game. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Who's the <laughs> Seattle team all of a sudden? Wait a minute. Didn't Seattle get their shit pushed in like two nights ago after San Jose by somebody? Yeah, I think so. They, uh... Oh, geez. It was, um... Did, 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 yeah, they lost five five bagel to the Blues. 
to the blue. Ay, ay, ay. Okay, anyway. Then the Sharks see the Hurricanes, Metro Division's top team by points percentage. The Sharks beat the Hurricanes back on November. Boom. 2-1 in overtime. And where did those goals come from? LeBanc and Barabanov in OT. Some couple of module darlings there, so yes, we'll keep sir. an eye on that. Uh, the Canes host the Devils the night before, so we get a little bit of that, oh, but they played the night before bullshit. Uh, but the Canes are 13-4-1 at home, so another buzzsaw awaits the Sharks. Mm-hmm. But uh, here's the fun part about all of this, because we're, we're sitting here talking about, well, uh, Tampa, then Washington, then Florida, then Carolina, then Tampa. I love how some people in the media have just now picked up on this, whereas we've been talking about this for like three weeks. Have I, have I not been mentioning the buzzsaw of this? I mean, we have a bet on it for fuck's sakes. Yeah, you keep talking about it. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. So I just find it funny that the media now is suddenly jumped all over it. Uh, so let me tell you now what the talking point is going to be in about a week or so. It's going to be that starting Valentine's Day, that 9 of 12 are going to be against the Pacific Division. Huge massive this is because right now look i you know i don't mean to be uh to, to, to paraphrase brent burns i don't mean to be a dick but right now the sharks are 21 19 and 2 they've got four games that i have money on that they're going to lose i don't want them to lose it i'm more than happy to cough that money up not a problem but I'm a realist. I play the numbers. The numbers tell me that the Sharks, aside from the Washington game, which Jerk has called out, that is the one that I was kind of like, oh, that could be the game that fucks me. But, you know, I'm, I'm a betting man, and I play the numbers. To me, Florida, Carolina, and Tampa, those are three straight losses. Okay. Even if the, uh, the, the, the Capitals game goes your way, <laughs> right? Last time I looked, that means they're coming back 22-22-2. That, my friend, is not a playoff team. So It'll it, make it, those division games even more important. Exactly my point. So that's why I'm saying like that's going to be the talking point here once, once the team returns on February 2nd after that game against uh, Tampa. That's what everybody's going to be talking about is that stretch in the Pacific Division, how important it is, because they clearly are. But here's the thing. The Sharks then have four games after that stretch is completed. The Sharks will have four games before the trade deadline, one of them coming against the LA Kings. So another divisional game in there. And, you know, by odd scheduling quirk, the Sharks will play LA three of four games over seven days. And for anybody who cares, that March 10th game in L.A., I will be there. Hey, now. Getting some boots in enemy lines or behind (laughs) enemy lines. (laughs) So the Sharks are going to know what they have by the end of that stretch, right? Oh, well, that's the nine of 12. That's here's that's the thing we've been talking about, you know, the Sharks waiting for until the absolute last minute to decide if they're in or they're out on this season. That's when the Sharks will know. Like, when it gets to the trade deadline, the Sharks are not going to be a fringe team. They're either going to be in the playoffs or they're going to be in the lottery. There's, it's not. They're not going to be on the fringe. Yeah. So my, I guess, 
at this point, what do you do? You're waiting to the last minute, so ask me again in six weeks. Okay, but okay, then let me ask you it this way. <clears throat> Say six weeks from now, mm-hmm. the Sharks are third, uh, completely hypothetically, the Sharks are third in the Pacific Division. They're... Mm, I don't know. Again, hypothetically, say they're four points behind Calgary, six points behind Vegas. Uh, they're fifth in the wild card. Uh, but the teams behind them, you, you, you've you got, say, L.A. one point behind you. And you have, uh, say, Edmonton has figured it out, and they're three points behind. What do you do? I mean, it just oh, boy. just my point being is that I feel like the Sharks at this point, it's it's purgatory. It's limbo. It's we're too good to be to, you know, to to tank, but we're too bad to be a contender. I still I still stand by what I said two weeks ago. If LeBanc doesn't want to sign an extension, LeBanc. Sorry, I'm so sorry. I was reading something else. <laughs> I'm like, if Hurdle, like, isn't he signed for like another two years? <laughs> yeah. If on March the 21st, if Hurdle does not want to sign an extension, trade him. And I believe uh, Buddy Shang was talking, was it Friedman? Was it LeBron? Something about there may be a little something brewing on that front that Hurdle, that the Sharks may be throwing some sort of sheet in front of him and it says, hey, yeah, we would Shang, really, we'd really appreciate it if you uh, put your John Hancock on here. Yeah, Shang, Shang was saying that the Sharks are getting ready to formally offer a hurdle and extension. Can, can they do a bear bound off at the same time, please? So I'm glad you met that up uh, because Shang was talking about this. Shang mentioned this. Yeah, <laughs> jerk watching the uh, pregame show. I know. Uh, Shang mentioned on the pregame show that um, it, it seems like Barabanov has made it known what his preference on an extension is. Um, you know, he, uh, according to Shang, which I trust Shang, pretty smart guy, mm-hmm. um, Barabanov is interested in the Robbie Fabry extension. And what's the de- deets on that? It would be $4 million a year for three years. Hmm. <sighs> Given what he's done, I know it's you know I you, I, I don't hate that. What, I think what's, if you trade LeBanc, it looks even sexier. I was gonna say, what is LeBanc making right now? LeBanc is at four point seven two five, and he got that for four years, correct? Uh, yeah. And Barbie wants three by four. Yeah, three years, four million a year. Yeah, I mean, dude, he's dude. I he's, sign it. it. I'm saying he's playing top six. Well, that's and that's the thing. And, I, it, although here, you... let me say this though. Uh, I only do the deal with Barabanov if I have Hurdle in my pocket because those two seem to really work well together. Oh yeah, dude, we've talked about it before. Hurdle and Barabanov. Oh, let's put Meyer there. Let's put Balsers there. Let's put Jaden Hobgwax there. It's fine. No problem. Whatever. You know. Yeah, I'm thinking and, you don't do that Bar- Barabanov deal unless Hurdle's locked. But what this tells me, a couple things here. Number one, this tells me Barabanov wants to come back, which I think people were a little sus about. So that's obviously encouraging. Number two, whatever you believe about this team, if you think that they're a couple pieces away or you think they need to strip it to the bolts or you're somewhere in between, whatever you think about this team, if... The people who run the team believe the Sharks 
it's in sorry if the people who run the team believe that the best play is to try and make the playoffs which i agree with that i think the play is to try and make the playoffs you need a guy like barabanov Mm-hmm. However, you, however you feel about where this team is or where they're going, the plan is to try and compete. You need Barabanov to try and compete. You also need Hurdle to try and compete, but that's a different conversation. Yeah. Well, I <clears throat> excuse me. It goes back to the thing where the Sharks are tickling my ass with a feather. You have a game like LA, and you go, "Oh man, maybe they could." You know, maybe this is the thing of them turning the corner. The, you know, a very Curtis Brown way to put it. Like, oh, this could be a sign of things to come. And then what happens? You lose to the worst team in your division, and then you get absolutely embarrassed in your own building by a team who played the night before in SoCal. Again, the whole back-to-back thing means shit. But I did, And you talk about handing out cookies. Did I not tweet, like, after Anaheim embarrassed Tampa? And I'm like, oh, man, Tampa's going to come into SAP on hella tilt. Yeah, that is a thing you said, and that is a thing that is a thing that happened. <laughs> I'm telling you. So it just makes me wonder, though, how shitty is this Pacific Division? Like, there's a part of me that I'm sitting here going, "Man, if the Sharks, like, if I'm afraid that like the Sharks could finish third in this division by like a point, and people are going to get excited and go, oh, look." San Jose's actually pretty good. They made the playoffs, and it's like, uh, dude, you know, Calgary, Edmonton, and Anaheim are circling the fucking drain and have been since the break. Now, Calgary and Edmonton both have a shit ton of games in hand, so they can make that up. And as I said before, I think the only way the Sharks make the playoffs is by finishing in the top three. I don't think there's any way they make a wild card. I think that's going to be filled out by Central Division teams. Uh, you've got all these upcoming divisional games, and we've already said that's going to be the key. So, uh, you know, and and the other thing, of course, being L.A., this is how bad things are in the Pacific, people. L.A. is the only team with a winning record over their last 10, and before <laughs> earlier today, they were on a three-game losing streak. <laughs> you know, they beat New Jersey uh, about an hour or so ago, just before we went on the air. But they, they have a winning record, and they're on a three-game losing streak. This is how horrible the Pacific is. Here's, here's another way that I know I'm right. Go look at the stats, the goalie stats. Did you know that Reimer and Aiden Hill have better stats than all three Las Vegas goaltenders? For it, the, see, the thing is... Leonard can sit there and have shitty numbers because he actually has more than one line in front of him producing. Mm-hmm. The Pacific is a shit show. So that's why I'm sitting here going, oh my God. Like you almost don't want the Sharks to get in because they're going to get fucking destroyed in the first round. No Pacific Division team, by way of points percentage, is even in the top 12 in the league. I'm talking about Vegas. They have one regulation win in January, and they, yes, but they're they the number one team in the Pacific. Worth mentioning, too, if the Sharks do make the playoffs, uh, that will be extra revenue for the team, and as we know, money is really important right now. Worth mentioning. Uh, oh, I hate that. <laughs> I, 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 hate it. I hate it, too, but that doesn't make it wrong. Uh, you're right. 
but yeah, it's it's the problem is they're one line team. And you know too, if the Sharks make the playoffs, all these fake fans who live five minutes away from the tank and don't go to the game, you I, know I, they're going to be the first one to get tickets. I, I feel seen and insulted by that comment. <laughs> what? <No. laughs> uh, what's the difference between a reset and a rebuild, though? I mean, you know, the the ticket sales are way down. We've we've been talking about that for what two, three seasons now. You can't blame this shit on COVID and mandates. The Warriors are selling out. And they have arguably more strict rules happening there. Mm-hmm. And so you can't blame it on that. Is it a thing? Is it because the product on the ice has been shit for the last two years? And isn't that great this season? I mean, that's what I would lean to. I think an educated uh, person that's been following this team for as long as we have would kind of take it to, you know, like, where does this clue lead me to? Ah, there we are. Mm-hmm. You know, and Be- Becker's quoted as saying, it would be hard for me to sell a three year season ticket plan to somebody and say, oh, by the way, we plan not to be good for the next three or four years. <laughs> I get that. But what if you aren't good? <laughs> I mean, it just drives me crazy where, first off, two things Doug Wilson never wants to say the word rebuild. Um, where, where are we at right now? Because Doug Wilson also said last summer that we're not as far away as people think. Sir, you are two points better than where you, where you were at this point last season. With a worse team worth mentioning. Yeah. Well, I, I it, okay. I will give you that. Now, I think Bob Bugner needs to get some credit for that. Uh, so, Bobby! Yeah. <laughs> but again, it's <laughs> it, I think also the resurgence of Timo Meyer and Eric Carlson need to get some credit for that. Uh, Hurdle needs to get some credit for that as well, but for all those changes that were made, you're you're only two points better. And I, I bet I guarantee you, I'm gonna run these numbers between now and next week, as I've been doing every week. If the Sharks, in fact, go 0 for four over their next four games, which is what I have on my scorecard, I I'm gonna bet that when we meet up next Sunday. The record after 46 games last season is going to be better than where they are now after 46 games. I haven't run the numbers. It's either going to be the same or it's going to be worse. That's we'll what see. I would have. That's, we will, we'll see. But, I mean, is it finally in time to brace, embrace a rebuild? Or do you, we just keep putting a bigger bandage on a mortal wound? I mean, look at the contract. I mean, it's the contracts. The contracts. That, well, see, but I like what you were saying earlier. It's like, look, we're getting to the to that point after those nine of twelve are in the Pacific. Uh, can you find somebody who's going to take Brent Burns? I think so. Do you, yeah, uh, can you find somebody who's going to take Brent Burns without eating a good amount of his salary? But even if you have to eat the salary, like that's not the end of the world. Not the end like, of the you're, world. You're still going to get assets back that'll help you. And like I know people, and and but as soon say, as oh, you move a big ticket like that, you would you would think that Hurdle's going to be next then. In terms of re-signing him? No, no, no. That Hurdle's going to be the next one out the door. Not necessarily, because that's the thing. Like like how you talked about retool versus rebuild, whatever you you know. So what do you the, think they're looking to get back from for Burns? Is some help I would in, do, the t- in the I middle would six? Do a, I would do a hockey trade. Like I would try. I would try and move like Burns. Y- you need help on defense. We need help at forward. Let's make a deal. Exactly. 
Because I here's the thing. I think the Sharks can do like I know people think the Sharks need to rebuild. <laughs> I feel like and, the team getting Burns is going, wait a minute, we said we wanted defense. <laughs> right. But like you think about it, I I think the Sharks like Okay, so you've got Couture. This is what a, you asked what a retool is. Basically, you establish what your core is, and you keep those core guys, and you build around the periphery. You look at during Whoa, the twenty. I got words. <laughs> look at the twenty tens, right? And and Kevin Lacey bringing up a point. Dallas is getting ready to trade John Klingberg. I bet they'd love to have somebody replace him. Yeah, but isn't that because Klingberg wants out of there? Well, he's, I mean, a pending, he's a pending UFA, so he basically told them, trade me or sign me. Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, I thought from everything I had read, it was like, I want to get the fuck out of here, not that. No, it's oh, okay, it's, tra- it's trade me or sign me. It's <laughs> Okay, put a ring on it or tell me to fuck off. I got it. Right. I think, you know, you look at the 2010s, the Chicago Blackhawks, those three Stanley Cups. I know, obviously, there's a lot of stink that comes with them, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. But look at the, you know, Taves, Kane, Keith, Seabrook. Patrick Sharp, Marion Hosa, Nick Jalmerson. You have your core, and then each Stanley Cup win, the periphery is a little bit different. And that's not to say that the Sharks are going to win three Cups in the next six years here, but you can do where it's like, okay, we've got... I think you keep Couture, Meyer, try to keep Hurdle, keep Eric Carlson, but honestly, and from there, I think everybody else, you can sort of trade, you know, move the periphery around a little bit while keeping your core kind of set and go from there, because... I mean, like, you're not getting rid of Vlasic. You're stuck with that, right? Carlson, even though he's been good, you're not getting rid of that. Are, are you and... stuck with Vlasic if once everybody is healthy, Kinesia, mm-hmm. Middleton, all the pieces, you've got uh, – if, if Merkley continues to, to get better as time marches on, once everybody is healthy, and for all we know, that could happen in, in a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Middleton evidently is a little kind of hit and miss right now with the concussion stuff. Hopefully we see him within the next week or two. Uh, mm-hmm. Kinesiov is a little different. We haven't even heard any updates. I don't I, think, I don't think he plays this year. I, I would agree. But what if it gets to the point where like everybody's healthy next season? If Merkley continues to stay on the path of the, of the righteous, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, where is where's the spot that you put Vlasic if people are performing ahead of him is his uh, you know willingness to to leave San Jose all of a sudden increased exponentially I mean that's the thing you know Vlasic has been pretty Vlasic's been pretty uh pretty dug in you know I signed here I want to be here I don't care if we go 0 and 82 right but at the same time and this goes for everybody right well don't you want don't you want to play hockey well, that obviously, and and it would take. I think it would take some big balls from Bob Bugner to scratch Vlasic regularly. But I also think Bob Bugner's got those big balls to do that. I would agree. But, it's like, dude, I'm going to pay you seven million dollars a year to watch hockey from the penalty or from the press box. And that's and so that's the thing is, you know, <laughs> like, do you uh, do you want to finish your career? Do you want that to be your legacy as you finish up your career, or do you want to like go compete for a cup? Right. And, and and like I said, Vlasic has been very insistent. You know, I signed here. I want to be here. I don't care if we're bad, essentially. But at the same time, like, people want to be where they're wanted. Mm-hmm. And if the Sharks went to Vlasic and said, hey, we 
hate you go away why why not that they would but that's obviously an extreme example but why would he stay if he was told that that's what i'm saying but we'll see i i mean i don't know like i said i don't you know i mean maybe the sharks do need to do a full rebuild and i am naive but i don't know i think with what the, i mean couture is still good eric carlson is still good right like you know you i i think if the sharks like you know they got rid of kane that's gone right they they're gonna have to figure something out with Vlasic, and if they can trade Burns and get some help up front, who's to say they can't kind of rebuild that periphery a little bit while keeping the core set? And maybe that's a playoff team, not a division know. winner, but maybe it's a playoff team. I'm I'm for me, I'm just like looking at where the roadmap leads me right now, and it just seems like a lot of the same, which is you know not very good. Here's here's the thing, like the shark. The Sharks have had cap space all year. Why haven't they done anything to make the team better? You know what I mean? Yeah, is it because they don't think there's enough there? You know what I mean? Like I mean, that's a great question. I feel it's I feel like that question. kind of I feel like that kind of clashes with the point I was making, but it's a question worth asking. Yes. You know, and that's not to say I mean I, I'm <laughs> be I've prepared said to hear uh, media talk about that in about a week. Right. <laughs> but, and, and you know, I've you know, I've been said I've been said, wow. And we are going what? way too long. Are those words? <laughs> I, you know, I've been saying that if there's a trade situation where you get a player who's young and you have them for many years, yeah, trade some few, trade some prospects or picks for that young player who you're going to have for a while, right? But at the same time, why? Like, I like what the Sharks did in unrestricted free agency, but it makes you wonder, you know, and probably the uncertainty with Kane has something to do with it. But I'm surprised that did the Sharks didn't try and swing something for somebody kind of a bigger deal no yeah. i mean if there's something that we could make a deal with dallas burns to dallas I, burns obviously loves it in texas got his his ranch there got his pavelski there i mean it makes a lot of sense because as kevin as kevin pointed out the stars are going to trade klingberg but that doesn't mean they want to get rid of him right yeah absolutely so they could use a player like Burns. He's a minute muncher. He scores a lot of points. Maybe getting Burns, Pavelski will want to resign there, and it can work out for them. Yeah, I just like it's. It's like I want to be excited. I but you know the Sharks just based on on their choices with the contracts and everything. It's I just look at the roadmap and I go, it's hard for me to be super excited right now. Not to mention the fact where it's like you have this amazing deficit on the top six. Like you you. And, and again, we've talked about this before. We're the, that is this a one-line team? Hurdle, straight up coming out during media sessions a couple weeks ago. We can't be a one-line team. Guess what? That's exactly what you are proving yourselves to be right now. It's almost as if, wow, if only there was another piece that the Sharks had to tap into, say, playing in Sweden or something. <laughs> they could help out Makes offensively. Yeah. Uh, which, again, you're talking about the amount of space. You're talking about help that they could immediately call over, yet they're not doing these things. Well, the the problem is since they sent Eklund over, I don't believe they can take him back until the, his season is over. Kevin, I'm sure, will fact check me on that, but that sounds yeah, right. Yeah, but we understand how to kidnap people. Oh, my God. <laughs> But you know what I'm saying? It's just, right. it just seems like there's some things that the Sharks could, they, they had the ability to do, they have not done it, which again, 
a realist, uh, you know, uh, someone who is provoked by thought is going to go, well, or, or what is it? Um, what's the theory? The, the, the Occam's razor, you know, the simplest explanation is most likely the correct one. Yeah. Where to me, it's just kind of like there have been moves to may be made. There, there could be and, and they haven't been made. So it just feels like, nope, we're just going to use this similar like 2015 where we're going to give some of these young guys, whether it's a Weatherby, whether it's a, a Hobgawax, whether, I mean, name a guy who, Raska, Merkley, uh, Malosh, Magna, whoever. We're going to use this year to try to identify even more what we have in the pipeline then maybe make some some changes. But I don't know, man, that, that, that hurdle deal is just flickering like a you know <laughs> just like a, a siren in the night <laughs> just hurdle 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 like what's going to happen but oh i feel like we went on too way too long uh so let's wrap it up yesterday sharks announced that re- oh we're talking about all this ticket stuff the sharks announced renewals are going out to the season ticket holders it would appear that ticket prices are going to be lowered um excuse my skepticism but you know prices rarely go down unless the demand does which ticket sales have shown clearly has you know you can debate amongst yourselves whether it's covid or mandates or blah 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 like we mentioned before that said, you know what the the price the ticket price is really not tripping me. It's the um, it's the price of a beer. It's the price of you know twenty five dollars to park seems excessive. I get I, fifteen. I could go with twenty twenty five seems excessive. Uh, Sixteen dollars for a beer when you can you know drink at the bar that's a block away from the tank and have a much higher quality beer for less than half the price. The beer prices are excessive. That This is not exclusive to the Sharks. This is, sp- this is sports and concert venues across the board. Uh, you know, $18 for a slice of pizza or whatever it is. Like the food and Bev prices are, for me, is one of the keys. And then you see like SAP is like, we're only going to allow you to bring in a wallet from now on. Now, obviously I'm, you know, I'm, I'm being extreme, but they went from, you know, you can have a nice clear bag and you can bring in food. And now it's like, you can bring in a fanny pack. That's, you know, five by nine by two. That's it. That's hard to fit a sub sandwich into one of those things. So it's either way. I'll tell you what, if the Sharks want to get asses in seats, they need to, you know, they need to give get away to that, uh... <laughs> play Tampa every week. No, you know, they need, they need to get to that. Uh, you know, they need to get to that concession pricing that the Atlanta Falcons are working with. Oh, you right, dude. You right. But yeah, I mean, Lacey even bringing up like, you won't even buy a bottle of water there because like a bottled water is like $8. Are you kidding mm-hmm. me? Yeah. You know? I, I'm, you know, and, and again, this is not exclusive to SAP. This is just across the board. You look at the 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 price for food and bev, the parking, 
uh, and alcohol. Look, I've worked in the bar industry for 30 years. I, I'm fully aware of what the profit margin and markup is on booze. Oh, it's uh, insane. Oh, it's, uh, I mean, you can just, you can tell just based on the fact of like, well, let's see here. <laughs> like I can go and get a four top, you know, a four pack of like some pretty good beer, something like this Altamont here, hashtag no free ads, but this hella hoppy is a very good beer. And I can get four of these for, for what? 17 bucks. Or I can get one Coors at the tank for like the same price. You know, wh when you factor in a tip because we're all being tip shamed to death. <laughs> Speak for yourself. I see that tip screen come up. I hit no tip and I move on. With <laughs> You'll but, get a tip if you serve me food or you cut my hair. Hey now. Uh, Alden calling out. Half the price of a motherfucking beer at the tank will get you a six pack at whole paycheck. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. He's not right. And again, I'm not calling out the sharks specifically or SAP. Like this is a problem across all concert and sports venues. It's it, yeah. It's an epidemic, whether you like sports or concerts or shows or amusement parks, it's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I you know what? Somebody did a thing not too long ago. They said, uh, you know what the biggest profit margin is for movie theaters? You want to take a guess? Oh, popcorn yeah Easy. they said they yeah they said the profit margin that movie theaters make back is like over a thousand percent well yeah dude it's nine bucks for a thing of popcorn and it's probably nine bucks for a freaking semi trucks full of kernels yeah no it's amazing <laughs> so it's like look i get it like you know you have to make money but like don't don't you know when all of a sudden you're sitting there with your thumb up your ass going? I don't understand why food and beverages, why the sales are lower or why they're why they're trending downward. And it's like, well, shit, could be there? Could there be a direct correlation with the prices that you keep increasing them every season? I think there might. You know, and uh, the you know somebody had pointed out on social media where uh, oh well they set the prices that high. So people won't get hammered inside the event. And I, I, I almost fell over from the stupidity of that comment. It's like, oh, do you think that there aren't bars within blocks of venues that you can go get hammered at? Do you think that people aren't showing up in their vehicles with six packs in the back seat? to get hammered in the car before they get like, give me, I was going to say what's stopping you from getting buckled in the parking lot. Exactly. Like the, it, that was just like, okay, that's a comment that clearly hasn't been thought out all the way. Like that made no sense. Like if you're going to sit there and say, well, they cut off alcohol sales at the seventh inning or after the second intermission or whatever, because they, you know, they want to limit the access to booze because they don't want people to like lose it or they don't want people to potentially drive home drunk, you know, the, like they want to give them some time to, for the, for the booze to wear off a little bit that I'll give you, <laughs> but to sit there and go, the prices are high because they don't fuck you. <laughs> you think people aren't who want to drink are going to go, Oh no, don't want to spend another 16. But in the fact of the matter, it's like, uh, when you've had a few drinks, what, what immediately happens to you? You, feel, you drink more. <laughs> well, well, it's the fact that you feel like, uh, you know, young, rich, and good looking. Mm -hmm. And so you drink, yeah, you drink more. So 
Anyway, uh, let me jump off my soapbox. Uh, the NHL has announced the new schedule. The Sharks are going to get a 12-day break. The Cali teams went pretty unscathed. Only a couple things to, to reschedule. Of course, the Canada teams are fucking hosed. Um, Dom Luce Chisholm over over the Athletic had a great article about the All-Star game and raised a great question that I wanted to ask you and everybody watching with us in the chat um, should all teams be represented at the All-Star game? Because I get it. On one hand, you have ratings. Like, for whatever reason, let's say that, you know what? Calgary sucked this year. They, they really, like, Edmonton's got Dreisaitl and McDavid, and they're playing really well this year. And Vancouver had, I don't know, <laughs> hypothetically, Besser and Demko and the Sharks. Hurdle and Meyer have exceeded everybody on Calgary's team. And then you've got Zegras, and then you've got, uh, I don't know, Kopitar having a resurgent time, along with Doughty, that we only have so many spots open. If Calgary just happened to suck that season, I get it where, but ratings, because, well, then nobody in Calgary is going to watch. But on the other hand, you suck. It's also not for the TV audience. It's for the kids, and it's for the sponsors. But where are the where are the kids watching this game? They're watching on TV, but they don't give a shit. <laughs> like well, they don't care who's playing in the game. Yeah, but some, somebody even equated this to like it's almost like a defer, diversity affirmative action thing. You're like, nope, every team's got to be included, whether they were good or not. I, I I think you can have I think you can have both. Like like I think if the NHL wants to make it so every team sends a guy, whatever, that's fine. But with the three-on-three, three, it's... It I'd rather limits... have best on best. Well, hold on. Let me finish. It limits the roster's sizes. What I think should be done... they And I've been saying this for a while. Like, expand the roster size. Like, I think it's okay. You can have every team send a guy. But I think it's okay if some guys are skills competition only. Some guys are game only. Some guys are both. Because here's the thing. You know who would you know who would have a good showing in the fastest skater competition? Noah Gregor. He's never going uh, to the All Star game. You're right. You're right. No. Mar Martin Martin Ferg, who's in the AHL right now, would probably beat Shea Weber in hardest shot. He's never going to the All Star game. I think you can do both. You can have every team send a guy, but you can also have your game roster, your skills competition roster, because it's like it should be. Like, skills competition, it should be taken literally. Who shoots the puck the best ever? Not who, shoot, not who shoots the puck best from this group of 40 guys. Jerk. What? I, I hate to tell you that. I, I feel like you just found the combination. Yeah, dude. Like, that's dude, that's, that's it. Like, send send this to gbetman at nhl.com. Like, you have unlocked the secret to making the All-Star game worth watching for everybody. Yeah, you have a game roster because... You have – it works for everybody. Guys who would never go to the All-Star game because they're not All-Stars, they can go because they're really good at one skill. You can placate the teams who are shitty but have to send a guy, and you can placate the people who want to see best on best. Yeah. It's win, win, win. <laughs> Marty T. <laughs> John I Scott has entered the chat. I think Kevin Lacey is the guy to task with this because he knows, like, everything. I would be interested to see – just like an expanded all-star. Did you hear that? <laughs> Dude, I think like, Lacey's ego just like 
after what you've just said. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> like, I think an expanded all-star roster, like, that'd be an interesting, like, thought experiment where it's like, okay, who's playing in the game? Who do you got doing skills? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think it'd be an interesting thought experiment. Experiment. Uh, so with that, uh, I guess we'll kind of wrap shit up here. Um, thank God. Why? Yeah, <laughs> I know. Right. Uh, why are there so many racists all of a sudden? I don't get that. But it's anyway. not all of a sudden. They've always been there and they're all pieces of shit. And I think they should be kicked out of the league they play in. Continue. Yeah. yeah I don't get it. Uh, how, how are things going through the dark horses? Are you uh, ready to uh, party down? Like it's 1999 because the Canucks did something. Uh, blues are up three, one on the Canucks end of the second period. Oh, wow. Things went south, didn't they? So if that continues the way it is, that means Canucks will be 18, 19 and four. Is that correct? Yes. Hey, now, so sixth in the Pacific division. Meanwhile, uh, the Kings have moved up to second by both points and points percentage. Uh, they did beat New Jersey earlier today. Uh, I haven't checked. They're, are they still 6-4-0 and over their last 10, or did that change? Yes, 6-4-0. Okay, so they remain 6-4-0 and over their last 10. Three-game losing streak after winning four straight, but booyah. There you go. Beat New Jersey. So uh, what, do we We don't have five bucks on that one, do, or do we? Hmm, no, 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 we don't. We just have bragging rights on that. Uh, Martin Jones is five starts away from Ian shaving his head, but the problem is, is he's also 13 save percentage points away from Ian shaving his head. So, <laughs> Chances <laughs> are that's not going up. Yeah, that could be a problem. Uh, so let's wrap up, uh, everything with the, uh, with the funny stuff. Let's take you to the tweet of the week. And, uh, this, that we actually had one already set up, but there you go. This, this came in last minute. Who who signed off on this billboard? <laughs> this new year, get rid of old <laughs> junk. Here's a photo of Eric Carlson. <laughs> man, oh, man. Wow. He should have put Burns there. <laughs> but still, who signed off on Who looked at this billboard and said, yeah, we approve. Go ahead. <laughs> this came in last minute off wow. Reddit. This is fan. Shout out, man. Whoever sent you that, shout out. Dude, no, it was posted on Reddit. I was just like, oh, my Lord. Wow. Oh, dude. I thought that, but this new year, get rid of old junk. Here's a great photo of Eric Carlson. Especially because there's no, like. Don't tell me this photo is not going to come back in three or four years. Well, and here's the, <laughs> but here's the thing, too. I could understand if it was like, oh, bring your garbage to the junk center and, and if on Eric this Carlson day, is holding in the photo like a thing like a couple trash bags like you know let's all be part of the community and blah 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 <laughs> just, yeah yeah exactly like some kind of community outreach or like hey come bring your garbage on this day and you'll get uh I don't know twenty dollars off of tickets some kind of cross promotion or community outreach or something like that this is literally using a picture of Eric Carlson just to get people to look at the billboard Carlson yeah. you take Puck guy, Photoshop Carlson out of this billboard, the information is the same. Absolutely. <laughs> but I do like the fact that half the people in the chat think that I commission this. <laughs> that is, in fact, not correct. Yeah, dude, that what they don't know is that's behind your house. <laughs> you took the picture, dude. Just admit it. <laughs> ah, you fucking guy. 
Oh, wait, wait a minute. We're getting breaking news now, now that the Barracuda have just beaten uh, Bakersfield. Let's see. Shang ruined Mark Alt's night. His dad played for the Chiefs, and he asked his teammates not to ruin the game for him. Shang then asked him after the Barracuda game if he was happy about the Chiefs win. Oh. <laughs> well, to be fair, if Mark Alt only told his teammates that, and just like maybe he needed to preface, should have, you know what? That's, that's on the uh, Barracuda PR. Should have told everybody beforehand, hey, don't talk about the game because of this, but whatever. Anyway, uh, finally, look, the uh, the shot heard around the world this week. We all know what it was. Lots of reasons for why the owners are playing the way they are in terms of winning and losing. What do you think is the number one reason for the losses now? Is there is there one thing that you, in your own mind you're saying, we got to get better at that? Yeah, we, ha- we have to get better at everything. Would you like to expand on that? No. Nope. You can do that. You know everything. Why are you so pissy, Leon? Hmm? Why are you so pissy? I'm not. I'm just I, answering your question. Yeah, you are. Whenever I ask you a question. I gave you an answer. Not a very good one. Okay. Well, I have one more for you. Leon, you show your frustration on the ice last game against Ottawa. Is that a good thing when you show it so the other team knows you're frustrated? Yeah, it's a great thing, for sure. Good. Yeah. Oi, oi, oi. So, I I thought it was hilarious. When... <laughs> Hold on, are you Team Matheson or Team Drysaddle on this one? Oh, Team Drysaddle, 100%. <laughs> because, like I said earlier, you know, the if, if Leon Drysaddle or any other player, if they want to give you an answer that you think is not a good answer, too bad. They that You should be lucky that you're getting that. Right. And, you know, I mm. thought it was hilarious. No, it, w- you show me where it says they have to, you know, read the Declaration of Independence to the media every time they talk to them. I'm not saying that. Go ahead. Finish your thought. I'll give you mine. You know, I, I think Matheson asked a question. Drysidle answered it to the best of his ability in that given moment. And that's it. Matheson was being a, a punk for continuing to egg him on. I thought it was hilarious when Matheson was like, so you showed your frustration in that game and dry settle kind of had the smirk. He's like, okay, buddy. Um, but I, I just, yeah, I, I think Matheson was totally out of line on that one. And I think you don't like Leon dry answer. Well, it's still an answer. So you need to get over yourself. And you listen to that first question. It was so obvious that, Matheson was poking Drysaddle, getting him to say he wanted Drysaddle to say, "Yeah, our goalie sucks," but he's not going to do that because he's not a bad teammate. Mm. See, no, I, that's I, literally I, that's literally what it is, though. Okay, I, I disagree. I About think, which part? Uh, uh, well, let me explain. Uh, for me, I think it starts. Well. First off, Matheson goes, you know, if there's one thing that you think that, you know, could be the focus, like something that you would at least like, what you know, when everything is spiraling, when you've got five holes in the boat and it's going down, which hole would you choose to, you know, which one do you think is going to be the one that you should be the first one to plug up? I think that's a Bush League question to ask. Well, see, he wanted him to railroad Miko Koskinen. Okay, so okay, if you're if you're saying he wanted him to to railroad Koskinen, fine. <clears throat> but 
the thing for me is is he asked him a question. What is uh, you know what what's the one thing you need to focus? Everything, everything. And then Matheson goes, "Would you you know care to expand on that?" Mm-hmm. Goes, no. Now that I will tell you right now, to me, Matheson. If if Matheson ends it right there, Matheson comes out looking like a rose because sure. then Drysaddle looks like. Oh well, Matheson asked him, and Drysaddle just gave him, you know, a, you know, everything. Wow, what could that could that answer have been more bland, more cliche, more just fuck? You know, hockey players never tell you shit. But then Matheson became the victim once he poked, you know, and said, you know, why are you so pissy? Now clearly, there's something that has happened between these two that provoked all of the, you know, there was something. There's history well, there. I think it also stems from, you know, when Dreisaitl said, you figure it out, you know everything. Well, again, which makes me believe that Matheson must have written an article or something where whatever it was, Dreisaitl did not care for whatever was written. Either way, my point being is that I think both of them handled it poorly. I think if Matheson sure. pulls the ripcord earlier, he actually looks like the good guy, but because he provoked you know, he went to the expand thing. It, it, or actually, it wasn't in the expand thing because, you know, would you like to expand? No. Okay. Thank you. You but know, I, like if he would have, if Matheson just would have went, okay, then, you know, like, like if he would have just put like a disappointing spin or something where it's just like, oh, okay, really? Okay. Thank you. Like to, to like really put the onus of that where Dreisaitl won't say anything. That's how that's how it would have been phrased, but because it was the whole why are you so pissy? That that was that was that was the downfall. But that but, but that's the thing. And you know what? You can you can not like Drysidle's answer all you want, but it was still, you know, based on the question that was asked, based on the expectations of Drysidle, it was an appropriate answer. Okay, see, and here's here's where I'm I'm at. Um would you rather have the media ask questions, bland questions, and accept cliche responses? Because there are shitty questions, absolutely. But there are equally, <laughs> if not more so, shitty answers. We're so, well, we got to get pucks deep and be on our toes, but all the same fucking shit that every hockey player says after every fucking interview. Maybe um, it just needs to be like, there needs to be a coming together of everybody that says, okay, hey, but hey, what? Let's as the media ask more thoughtful and provoking questions and we will do that we will we will work our hardest to ask questions that you don't think are stupid but we're only going to do that if you don't give us the fucking well we got to get pucks deep and we got to be more physical and we got to get more shots on goal and you know if you're not going to give us the same fucking boring cliche answers time and time again can we can we all come to that agreement I don't know. I Hey, you know what? It made for a fun day. Yeah, I don't like I said, I don't, <laughs> you know, I think Drysaddle answered the question appropriately and you like I said, you, See, I don't think he did. I disagree. Okay, but I think it was me, the same cliche why, who, bullshit. Why, okay, but where does it and we're not talking about how you're feeling, how you felt about it, your personal feelings. Where does it say where in the rules, where in the standard player contract does it say that that was a bad answer? Where does it say it was a great answer? 
It doesn't have to say it's a great answer. If it says it's a great answer, somebody's going to say, why the hell is that in there? Let's take it out. <laughs> the issue is because Matheson was trying to get Leon to jam job Miko Koskinen. Hey, um, tell us the one reason that you keep losing games. Throw your buddy under the bus. Leon's not going to do that. He's not a bad guy. He's not a bad teammate. Matheson was being a snake. And sure, Leon maybe, you know, Leon's answer was curt, but I don't think it was inappropriate. And I think it's just a case, and then Drysaddle just shouldn't even go up to the podium. Yeah, but she, but you know what? He is still doing that because he feels like he needs to speak. He doesn't want to, but he's doing it. Well, the, it seems it's also silly worth mentioning uh, too. It seems silly is, to feel a need to speak if you're not going to be honest. I don't know, but it's it, it's also worth mentioning. This is not an isolated incident. Gen X did a whole thread about how much of a snake Matheson is. So, Oh, see, now I'm not familiar with the history. I'm just going by what happened in this moment. I don't know either of these people. I don't know the history of either of these people. I'm just going by seeing an interaction between two people. I think both of them were wrong, but... You know, everybody can sit there and debate, well, where did it, you know, where did the moment start? Did it, it's, did it start with the fact with Matheson saying, you know, can you expand? Did it start with Dreisaitl responding to that question, just going, no. You know, like you can debate that all day long. But then he followed it up with no. And then it was, no, you know everything. You, you know? See, the Leon Dreisaitl saying what you said, you know everything. That's what provoked the "Why are you pissy?" comment. So you could, but at the same time, if you go further back, Matheson trying to get Leon to to skewer Miko Koskinen. That's what provoked the "You know everything" comment. It all stems. Yes, Leon is not clean and innocent in this situation, but Matheson started it. Okay. There I'm fine. Go. I'm okay. <laughs> oh, shout Dust, out to Dustin, dude. Dustin, dude, dropping in the super chat. Thank you so much for that. The sharks are down, and so is my money. Oh, is that why we only got nine ninety nine? Okay, <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. Thank you so much for the super chat. No, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. Let me let you know. So, God, nothing else fun to end everything. Can we just go back to the tweet? I love this. This new year, get rid of old junk. So my final thought, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, what's your final thought? This? Something along this line? Because it felt yeah, like one week, of those weeks. Big game coming up. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> uh, all of them. Carlson's going to score in all three games. Uh, it's kind of hard to do when you're not playing. No, I know. I, know. I feel you. So, uh, boy, I'm going to let you know. Coming into tonight, I did not expect this to go two hours. I thought hour 10 at the most, but man, there was a lot of fun stuff to talk about. So, well, uh, well yeah, Jerk will debate that. Uh, so, with that, here we are, everybody. Uh, there he goes. Who? who where, who'd go? <laughs> <Where are> you? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> you can follow him at hockey underscore jerk, me at AJ underscore strong. Do not forget to join us in the Discord channel chat never stops over there so check out the show notes for the links or just hit us up on social media remember to leave your comments in the little comment section below of this youtube video if you were not able to watch live or able to stick around for the entire two plus hours <laughs> famous last words jerk before we get out of here 
Oh, famous last words. Good night. I can't can't wait for the Sharks to beat the Capitals and beat the Hurricanes so that you owe me five bucks. I think that's – how confident, realistically, are you in that happening? Not like, I I think it could happen. No, no, no. Like, if you had to bet $500 which way it was going to go. Yeah. Be real. Yeah. How do you think they're doing the next four games? Better than one and three? Yes. Would I told you. you would you like be- to crease the bet to 500 then? <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> Capitals and Hurricanes are going to be wins. Oh, boy. We might have Put to. Put that increase. on your little paper. <laughs> Put that in your pipe and smoke it. All right. Uh, hurry, hurry up and end it so we can watch I'm it. trying. You won't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Sharks, if you could just go one and three over the next four, <laughs> I need my $5. Which, at some point, if that does, in fact, happen, everybody, that $5 will not go into my bank account. It will go into a frame, and it will hang somewhere. Yeah. It will hang somewhere. And we might have to just make this a thing. You might have to just tape it to your mic, boom. Or that, yeah. But this could end up being just a back and forth thing where it's like, okay, who has the five bucks this week? We might just have to have the <laughs> weekly bet. You know what I mean? Sure, that'd be fun. Just uh, just kick this five bucks back and forth. We'll see who gets in a hole. Yeah. Or we we just sit kick, kick, <laughs> going back and forth. We just keep Venmoing each other back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> Who's got the five bucks this week? Well, it's taped to AJ's mic. He must have it. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, remember to subscribe to us on all the social platforms, whether it's myself, whether it's Jerk, whether it's Teal Town USA. Find us everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, blah, 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 blah. Just search us. You'll find us. If you listen to the podcast on something like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, whatever, help us out. Subscribe to our content. Leave us a little review if you could. We would certainly appreciate that. And You can find links to all of those social media, podcasts, and more in the YouTube description or whatever description (laughs) is in the platform. There's so many platforms. Can we just get to one? That would be nice. Find everything on tealtownusa.com and remember to check out After Dark post-game show after every single Sharks game. And hey, if something happens with the Vander Kane between now and whenever, we might even talk about that. So thanks for following along for the whole two hours. Who knew it would go that long? We will see you next week for 150. Holy shit. Are we going to do anything to uh, celebrate episode 150? Uh, Have it be under 90 minutes. Oh, no. Hey, you know what? It's going to be episode 150. Yay? Yes. All right. Hold on. How about this? How about this? Talk for for 10 seconds. Oh, jeez. Well, uh, in the game that will eventually be streaming in our Discord server, the St. Okay, Louis that's Blues, <laughs> are up, they're up 3-1 to one on Vancouver. I know. So, okay, the, I was thinking about doing this tonight, but no, let's do it next week for episode 150. Who, who would like a, uh, a Sharky birthday jersey? We're going to give this away next week for episode 150. So there you go. There, there's your reason to subscribe, and there's your reason to tune in next week. I don't know how we're going to figure out how we're going to do it, but Puck Guy and I, well, he can come up with a great graphic, and we're going to put something together. Jerk and I will come up with uh, an interesting way to put it together, and there you go. Sound good? Uh, yeah, we'll have to come up with something. I'm already kicking around a few ideas. Uh, hey, now. So, 150. Show number 150. I can't even believe that. So, thanks. So, fuck, we might have to invite a special guest. Don't even know. 
Oh, wait a minute. Because we're at like uh, 2.12, two hours and 12 minutes so far. Uh, are we going to reach the three-hour show that Ian has been begging for? <laughs> <laughs> God uh, help us. Yeah. Tune in next week and find out. Thank you, everybody, for checking us out. We will catch you all next Sunday following what a Rams and 49ers. Take it easy, everybody.